Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills! National Football Show, welcome aboard. Hope all are having a great day. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you guys have done for our show and how you guys have added so much to it and making it one of the fastest growing shows in all of YouTube. I mean it, man. We really absolutely love it. and We appreciate you guys coming aboard with us each and every single day. That game last night, that national championship game, I was just telling Xander, it was like Alabama versus Citadel. See, they're trying to make it TV friendly, which means other parts of the country outside of the Southeast. You understand the SEC is now the Premier League of college football. The fourth team in the Southeastern Conference, LSU, would have waxed every other team in that Final Four except for Georgia. Unbelievable job that Kirby Smart has done. He's taken the baton from, from Nick Saban. And now in the micro, Georgia's the best college football program in the country. The macro, still over a decade, it's still Alabama. Those teams are still going to battle it out for the national championship. And I'll make this point to you. Let me say this to you. What do you think is tougher to win? Xander. What do you guys think is tougher to win, the Southeastern Conference or the National Championship today? What do you think is tougher to win? What do you think is tougher to – shit, I think winning the Western Division in the SEC is tougher to win than the national title. Winning the Southeastern Conference Championship is a tougher road to be the champion in that league than to be the national title. Because remember something, you have to play for the national championship in front of like a committee. When you're playing for the SEC, it's all on the field. That's why the Southeastern Conference is the toughest conference in the country. Who would have ever thought that it's third on the list, winning the SEC's number one, winning the West in the Southeastern Conference is number one, then the national title. TCU didn't belong in that game. TCU didn't belong in the Final Four. It should have been. And the only reason I give Michigan the pass is because at least they won their conference. It should have been Michigan, Tennessee, Alabama, and it should have been Georgia. It would have been more entertaining. But you see, the networks are kind of involved in it. That was a shitty game last night. Absolutely terrible. All right, let's move out of that. Again, it's going to be a broken record for the next five years. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Same cast of characters. All right. NFL playoffs. This has to be one of the best. This has to be one of the best times. How many times have we seen the Super Bowl? Not really a great game. They've been pretty good as of late. But in years past, sometimes the Super Bowl's not the better game, right? The wild card games. The divisional games. 
and the conference championship, when you get down to the final four, those are traditionally really great. I like the divisional games because I think you get the absolute best football teams that are playing this year and the best talented teams in that stretch and in that bracket when you get to the divisional round. Then when you get to the conference title games, those are also exceptional. This is a great time of the year because you know why? You're not going to see shitty football. You're not going to be talking about, well, Sills, they're playing against lesser quarterbacks. You're not going to be doing any of that. You're playing against the best people that are in the league this year, and that's all you can ask for. And the Eagles, again, as critical as we were yesterday, the Eagles got the most important thing. You know what that is? The buy and rest. The buy and rest, especially for Jalen Hurts. Hopefully for Lane Johnson. Those two guys, in my opinion, are the linchpins for this Eagle team to win the Super Bowl. If you don't have either of those guys, you're not winning it. You can't win the Super Bowl without either of those guys. You have to have both of them. In my opinion, even a 75% Lane, you have to have Lane Johnson. Do we agree with that? If Lane or Jalen are not healthy in the playoffs, your chances are very limited, even with home field advantage, of winning the Super Bowl. Okay? I, I, you have to have both those guys. We're going to talk about that. We're gonna, and, and, and I want to show you something, because I'm hearing a lot of people talking to me. We got a ton of stuff today. A ton of stuff. How many people think that your defense is playing good football going into the postseason? Just, again, it's a question. How many people think you're playing good football right now going into the playoffs when it comes to your defense? How many people? Jamison says me. I think we're playing good. Unfortunately, a 70% lane is better than a – absolutely. Most sacks in team history? Hey, Big Sills, who's going to be the sacrificial lamb coming to Philly in two weeks? We're going to hit on that as well. Bruce says, I don't. They are not forcing the turnovers like they did earlier. Steven, I get it, right? Playing weak defenses? Jay, Malioses. This is since week 11. Okay? This is since week 11. And Matt Ryan. These are the quarterbacks with completion percentages against Jonathan Gannon's defense, who I'm hearing is now interviewing sometime this week for the Texans job. Matt Ryan, 71.9% completion percentage. Aaron Rodgers, 68.8% completion percentage. This is since week 11. Daniel Jones, 66.7 completion percentage. Dak, 77.1 completion percentage. Andy Dalton, 81.8 completion percentage. And some dude named Webb, who hadn't thrown a football in seven years in the NFL, completed 60% of his passes. You guys think they're playing good defense? 
Again, Matt Ryan, 72% completion percentage. I'll round it up. Aaron Rodgers, 69%. Daniel Jones, 67%. Dak, 77%. Andy Dalton, 82%. And Webb, 60%. And he was the third team quarterback on the team. That's not very good. That's not very good. Your pass defense, for whatever reason, Jonathan Gannon is back to playing the bend but don't break. And you know what you do? You look at his numbers and you go, Sills, he's top 10. And in some aspects, he's top five in every category. God dang it, man. How can you have a good defense when the quarterbacks that come into playing your team in the Lincoln Financial have career days against it. It just doesn't make sense. When I see this is a trend. This is a trend on how quarterbacks play against Gannon. Which means this, if you don't get to the quarterback, you're going to be in for a long day versus a quarterback who knows how to throw the ball around the yard. Thank God there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFC playoffs this year. I just don't get it. You got the two best duo cornerbacks in the league, and yet you refuse to pay, play press. I was listening to Sal Palantonio on today with the Sports Take guys. He goes, Gannon's got to bring more pressure. Who in their right mind thinks Gannon's going to bring pressure? I listen to Sal, and I'm like, Sal, just another national guy. He knows better than that. That guy's not going to bring that. I'll tell you this. I was pretty shocked to hear Sal go like this. I'm not very convinced on the coaching staff with the Eagles. So that's not just me saying it, folks. That's also Barrett kind of saying it. And also, now you've got Palantonio saying it. Mike Missanelli's going to come on with us, by the way, in hour number two at 430. Okay, and we're going to talk to Mike about this. I mean, just doesn't make sense. Some of the things they do schematically, defensively, just, dude, I get the numbers. But when they don't, hey, the only thing they're doing well right now on defense, in my opinion, is getting the quarterback on the ground. Almost broke the all-time record, which is a tremendous achievement. I mean, think about that. You have the all-time sacks in Philadelphia Eagle history for a defense. That's Reggie's group. That's pretty impressive. Okay? That's pretty impressive. Players really had a great year. Really a great year. Okay. I want to go over to Howie Roseman here. I want to get to the topics here. Howie's had a great year, right, as general manager? How many people think that Howie Roseman is the executive of the year? How many people think that Howie's the executive of the year this year? How many do you think he's going to win? By the way, I probably think he's going to – Jameson goes by far. Howie's the executive of the year. Okay, I'll put a dollar on that. All right. 
Thumbs up? Okay. Let's take a look at something here. Let's take a look at Howie Roseman's 2022 NFL draft and the impact that they've had on the team. And let's take a look at his draft. Jordan Davis, 13th pick in the draft, first rounder. What do you think his grade was this year as an impact player on the um, Eagles? I say D. I say he's a D. A couple games he was good. Beginning of the season, he kind of played well. I haven't seen him since. A D? B? Are you kidding? I didn't even know he took snaps last week. That guy is not playing. The 13th pick is a non-factor on your team. He's a non-factor. Jordan Davis is a non-factor. C-minus, I could go up there, Dank. I could go up to C-minus. I could go to C-minus. Jordan Davis is very limited impact on your football team this year. Very limited. Very limited. For the 13th pick, weren't you expecting more? I mean, right? Instead of just being a uh, wedge in the middle? You think he had a successful season? I don't. I think he had a bomb of a rookie year. I think he had a bomb of a rookie year, Jordan Davis. Let's move on. Cam Jurgens, incomplete. We kind of saw him in the preseason. He looked decent. I don't know. He had no impact whatsoever on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Zero. He was the 51st pick. Nicobe Dean has an F. He didn't get on the field. F. I mean, no disrespect to Nicobe. I know he's got some good players, but let me say this to you, man. You can't beat Kaiser Whiteout, and you're the so called steal of the draft? Dude, you're a special teams guy right now. Kevon Johnson, F. Do you know who has given more to the team as of late? This Grant Collider, the tight end kid? Calateria, whatever his name is, the tight end? That kid, the tight end guy, who was a sixth rounder? Who barely plays? Dude, this has been a shit draft for Howie. This is a shit draft. Here, let me take it back. This is a shit first year for every one of these guys. The, the, the Jurgens kid, I can't say anything bad about him because you got a Hall of Famer in front of him. And, I mean, Kelsey played the entire season, so you don't know. We don't know. But you're trying to tell me you couldn't slide him over to guard? Oh, that's right. He's too small. So he can't play guard. Andre Dillard can't play any other side but one side. I mean, what do you think of this draft for Howie's draft in 2022? What was it? (laughs) Not one of these guys made an impact on your football team. 
even your first rounder. I mean, nobody. There was no impact. Five guys they drafted, not one of them. Jordan kind of. But for the 13th pick, you didn't get anything out of these guys. So I ask you again, you really think Howie Roseman is a good evaluator of talent? Not one of these guys. You're trying to tell me with all these picks, not one guy was an impact player. Sometimes, you know, you find a gem in the latter round. Right? See, you find you find a gem in the latter round. And I'm sitting here going, how come that? Dude, Jordan man, D minus at best. Dan, and what the F should we do then? Hold on for a minute. I'm just asking a question here. These guys, here, man, I'm just saying first year. These guys may pan out. These guys may pan out. They may, they, they may come around. Dean, you don't really know he hasn't played anything. He's not the steal of the draft. Stop with that. That's not the steal of the draft. The steal of the draft has to play. <laughs> okay? They have to play. Jordan Davis, man, did not have a very good rookie year. Uh, here's my grades. D minus. Jurgens incomplete. Nicobe Dean. D minus. The other guys, D's. Now, some would turn around and go like this. Well, Dan, the Eagles are a good team. Fair enough. But zero playing time. Zero. Okay? It's not like your linebackers are spectacular. TJ Edwards has been abused by tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. He can't cover them. He leaves a gigantic hole in the middle of the defense. Never judge a draft on the first year. So you got the 13th pick in the draft. 13th. You're just outside the top 10. Here, let's do this. Let's take a look at those top 10. Let's take a look at some of those guys in front of him. And with some of those guys that were drafted in front of him. 2022 NFL draft. Here we go right here. Here's the 2022 NFL draft. Let's see here. This goes up. Trayvon Walker is killing it in Jacksonville. Aiden Hutchinson's the rookie of the year. Runner-up to Sauce Gardner. Stingley having a great year. Sauce Gardner, the defensive player of the year. Thibodeau, impact player with the Giants. The tackle in Carolina, not bad. Neal has not been good. He's struggling in New York. Drake London, great job in Atlanta. Charles Cross, not bad. I watched him play a couple times in Seattle. They're in the playoffs. Garrett Wilson has been very good in New York with the Jets. Chris Olave, 1,000-yard receiver. Jamison Williams, you knew when you drafted him? 
he was going to be later in the year. You knew what that was going to be. Jahan Dotson has had a nice season in Washington. Traylon Burks picked it up in Tennessee. These guys are all playing. Can he pick it? And there's Jordan Davis right there at 13. Nowhere. Jordan Davis in the top 15 picks has probably had the least impact of any of the picks that were in this past April's draft. Of all the guys taken in the first 15 picks, he's the least. Jamison goes, Pickett sucks. Well, they did end up going to a winning season this year with him as their quarterback. A quarterback versus DT, a little tougher to play. Okay? Man. That's not a very good... Hey, jury's out next year on these guys. Jury's out. Shit, when we saw Devontae last year, when, when, when Devontae Smith burst onto the scene with the Eagles, everyone was doing this. Holy shit. This guy's a great route runner. This kid can play. He's good. It, it was immediate you saw that. You knew you had a player, right? Now, albeit you were light at the position. You didn't have a star wideout last year because, oh, that's right, I forgot. Because Howie had drafted Jalen Rager. And he couldn't get that right. Seals, so if you're going to talk draft, you have to include getting. AJ is not a draft pick. He is not a draft pick. He's a veteran receiver that played three years in Tennessee. I'm talking about talent evaluation by your so-called guru GM. Dude, that guy is spotty at best. And here we go again with a draft that, watch this. Give me this. We come out of the first year of the Eagle draft with these players right here, these six or five players, and we all do this. Well, we're going to have to wait till next year. And let me tell you why this is important. You've got decisions to make a defensive tackle of what you're going to do. Is Jordan Davis the heir apparent to Fletcher Cox? I don't know. You feel comfortable passing the baton. Hey, if I'm Javon Hardgrave, the inability of Jordan Davis to grab hold of a position and to let the Eagles know he's the future, it accentuates him coming back and also the contract talks to give him what he wants. How he wanted to be able to go like this with Jordan Davis and use that guy versus Javon Hardgrave in negotiations. Hey, you don't want to sign for a hometown deal? I got Jordan Davis in the background. You can't say that now. You don't know if this guy is going to come in in shape. You don't know if this guy's a player yet. This is about positioning and also building the team for next year. Jordan Davis made it easy for Howie to have to do this. We're going to have to bring Javon Hardgrave back because I don't know if Jordan Davis is the dude. And by the way, just being a run stopper with the 13th pick is not good enough. You could have got him in the latter part of the round. The 13th pick? Shit, man, that's a premium high first round pick. And just to be Vince Wolfert, I don't know. 
I don't know. Every single one of these draft picks. You're like this. Here. And I'm gonna get and I'm gonna do something here. Watch this. I'm gonna give them the benefit. I'm gonna give them the benefit. Let's see what happens next year. You can write their rookie years off. Not very good. Okay? Not very good. If I'm Javon Hardgrave, I do this. Man, I'm going to be a wealthy man in Philadelphia. Philly now has to pay him. And you see that offer they offered him? Three years, $51 million? Bro, you could put that back in your top desk, Howie. He'll go in the open market, 11 sacks, 60 tackles, potentially in the NFC title game. He'll get $65 million. You, be, you need to be in a 62 to $65 million range if you want to bring Javon Hardgrave back. Uh, that's worth 51? Bro, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. So Hardgrave looks like that could be already a built-in decision. It's why how we put the deal on the table because they looked at Davis's play this year. They're not sure. Nobody's sure. Look, I like Jordan Davis. I think if the kid gets himself in better shape and has more of a commitment to the game, I think he could be really good. But watch this. We've been saying that about him since he was at Georgia. Remember what I told you when you drafted him? How do you have nine sacks in 45 games at Georgia? When you watch some of those kids play last night, they got freshman kids on that roster that are spectacular. Some of the best talented defensive football players are down there at that Georgia Bulldog program. Okay? I mean, they're spectacular. That's some of the best talent I've seen in a long time. Dude, this kid's got to play. And he's got to show us that he can play. How he's drafting once again has a class where you went like this. I don't know. Again, looks like another dud class. Now, kid, I want to be fair. The Jurgens kid, that's not fair, and I'm not going to tag him as anything other than incomplete. We don't know. I saw him in the preseason. He looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. He looks like he's going to be a pretty good heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. Absolutely. I think he's going to be a good player. But we have to wait and see him get out on the field. We got to wait and see if he's durable like Jason is and all that. So we got to wait and see. Just because Howie Roseman has all these draft picks, that don't mean Howie Roseman's going to do well in the draft. He's suspect at best on picking draft picks. It's been pretty decent as of late. Can I tell you why? Well, over the last four years, you've had Joe Douglas in the front office. You've had Andrew Barry in the front office. You had the guy Wall, who's up at Pittsburgh now in the front office. There's been pretty talented guys in there. Helping Howie with pro and college personnel. That's a big deal. And that comes with success that you're having with your own team. So kudos to him on that. There's no question, the front office. I mean, these guys are everywhere now. Assistant general managers, general managers. They're running their own sheds now. Howie's done a nice job there. 
He has. You evaluate the draft class two to three years out. That's the metric. True. 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 But today, if your first-round pick is a quarterback and you have a veteran quarterback, that's the only time the guy doesn't play. Jordan Davis has been a non-factor since he's come off being hurt. A non-factor. A non-factor. All right. I want to go here now. Let's go over here. By the way, all my votes have to be in by Thursday, and we're going to go over them. Top 10 teams. NFL Coach of the Year. MVP. Ranking the top quarterbacks, finishing up the 18th week of the NFL. Defensive player of the year, top five. I only get top five. The playoff schedule, and also the top 10 draft order with projective picks. Actually, we're going to start throwing that out every week where we see where a guy potentially could land either with Philly and the Bears. And I got to tell you, having talked to some people in Chicago, that first pick is a very interesting pick for Chicago now because now you have to decide this. Is Justin Fields your future? Is Justin Fields your future? Or do you package him up, trade him, and draft Bryce Young? Bryce Young, I feel I can go further with because he's a better passer. Dual threat does me no good. Guy missed the final game and he's been banged up towards the end of the season. Will he figure out the passing game? I don't know. Who would you rather have as your future? Justin Fields or Bryce Young? Ask yourself that. Randy, Bryce Young's not too small. You can't hit these quarterbacks anymore. It's not like the old days. Plus, he's not a sprint out guy. He's not going to be a guy that's going to run down the field looking to create rushing yardage like Jalen Hurts. That's not who he is. He's a guy that throws from the pocket. Bryce Young is elite, TK. He's an elite passer. If you're Chicago, what do you do? Do you you draft Bryce Young and trade Justin Fields, see who wants him, see what his market value is? You think you can get a first-rounder for Justin Fields right now? I wouldn't give you one. He can't pass the ball. He's a great runner, Sills. I don't care about that. That's what makes Jalen special right now because Jalen can throw it. He can't. And by the way, Jalen last year versus Justin Fields this year. Um, I, I Jalen improved, but he wasn't awful last year. He wasn't great, but he wasn't awful. Justin Fields is awful throwing the ball. Okay? Still says, I take Fields all day over Hurts. Not me in a billion years. Justin Fields, look, if you're looking to build a 4 by 100 team, you take Justin Fields. If you're looking to build a football team, I'm not building it with that dude. 
Jameson asks us a very important question. Why do you think Ohio State quarterbacks struggle in the NFL so much? There's never been a star. In the history of the 160 years of quarterbacking in the National Football League, Ohio State's never had a star quarterback. Why is that? Well, because the windows are so wide open and, and the Big Ten is so overrated, they really don't have a lot of great DBs. They've got a lot of great skilled wide receivers, a lot of great skilled offensive linemen, and a lot of great skilled running backs. Okay, and when the windows are so wide open, you don't have to be great in that conference. Name me a quarterback out of that conference. Let's do it here. Who are the Big Ten quarterbacks? I get Brady. Who are the Big Ten quarterbacks that are playing in the NFL today? Joey B's not a Big Ten quarterback. He's a Southeastern Conference quarterback. He's he's not a – how do you give a guy – and say he's from Ohio State when they fired his ass and he had to go to LSU. He's not a Big Ten guy. Played at LSU. He didn't play anywhere at Ohio State. Give, give, give me a player. Who are the quarterbacks? Let me, let me look off the list. That's a good call here. Let's take a look at the top ten quarterbacks. Um. Let's look at the top 10 quarterbacks and see if any of them are from the Big Ten. Mahomes, no. Burrow, no. Allen, no. Ertz, no. Lawrence, no. Cousins, Michigan State, one. Golf, Cal. Herbert, Oregon. Geno Smith, West Virginia. Brady, there's two. Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady. <clears throat> Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady out of the top 10 guys. Russell Wilson, sure, okay. Russell Wilson, this is throughout the league. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins. Starting. Starting out of 32 teams. Starting. Russell Wilson did start his career. Get this, Arthur. The head coach at NC State told him that they were giving the job to Mike Glennon, so it's in his best interest to transfer. So he transferred to Wisconsin. I'm talking playing right now, dudes. Three dudes starting in the Big Ten. That conference does not produce quarterbacks. The best school that has produced quarterbacks in the Big Ten is Purdue. That's all you need to know. Okay? Kenny Pickett's a pit kid. Okay? Joe Namath is a Bama guy. And I'm talking today. Today. That's why Ohio State struggles at quarterback because that conference doesn't produce quarterbacks. The best quarterbacks in the country go out west and to the Southeastern Conference now. They never went to the SEC before, okay? They all went west. Now they go to the SEC and they go that, – that's what's changed for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 no longer – they no longer – 
get the best players in the country, especially at that position. You know why? Because they're all going to the SEC. C.J. Stroud is a bum. Good luck. You draft him. He he is not special. (laughs) That C.J. Stroud kid is not special. Look at the guys in the game today. There's like three or four guys from the Big Ten. Not not very good, and it's not a great track record. All right. Let's go here now. What will be a better matchup for the Eagles coming out of this weekend? By the way, you guys are not going to know who your opponent is until Monday night. That means your coaching staff is going to have to really put a great game plan together, and they're going to have to put game plans together for three teams, Giants, Cowboys, and Bucks. Now, they're afforded the ability because they've played the Cowboys and they've played the Giants, and they played the Bucks a year ago. They're pretty much going to do the same thing. So they'll be able to have familiarity with those three teams. But what makes for the best matchup for this team in its current shape, potentially not having lane or 75% lane, a banged up quarterback, who do you want to see in that divisional game at Lincoln Financial? I'll tell you who I want to see. Okay? I'll tell you who I want to see. Okay? I'll tell you who I want to see and I'll tell you why. Okay, Seals, if you're Harry, would you move off of Jalen? No, absolutely not. You built this team around him. This is what you are. Like in Baltimore, you're not going to don't here. Don't don't be the Houston Texans. Stick to what you're doing. Have some continuity. Okay, have some consistency. You can't just move off of Jalen like that. Seattle, Cowboys, Hawks. Giants. Here's why I want the Eagles to play the Bucks. You don't have momentum right now going into the playoffs. You have a really good record. But you don't have momentum. There's people that are doubting you now. There's people that think you're a one-and-done team. Personally, I think the team's wobbling too. I don't think you played well the last month. You're not playing well the last month. But if you can beat Brady, look at what that will do to The psyche in the locker room. If you beat Brady and you knock Brady out, you're going to Super Bowl. That Niner game will be tough. But nobody knows what Brock Purdy's going to do in the postseason. And it's not fair for me to sit here and go, well, Jalen got crushed in the playoff game last year against Brady and the Buccaneers. And sit here and go, well, Brock Purdy's going to play great. That's not true. I don't know. I don't know what Brock Purdy's going to do. He has zero playoff experience and really he has zero big game experience I think you learn through adversity and getting pounded 
And I think that Eagle team learned from that buck ass-kicking last year on what to expect when you go into a game, especially when you're playing against a guy like that. To me, I want to beat Brady. Do I think the Eagles can beat Brady? I do. I do. Now, some of you would go like this. Well, give me the least resistance to get to the Super Bowl. That's okay, too. I get it. I don't have a problem with that philosophy. But for me, I think this team needs to get energized again. Am I wrong when I say that? I think this team, I think this team needs to get energized. I don't think it's energized. And I think it's because of the injuries. Not because they're not professionally ready to play. I'm not saying that. I think this football team needs to get energized again. Get that mojo. Get the mojo back. Just get the mojo back you had. Dude, September. I'll tell you what. Your crowning achievement was that Minnesota game. You took that Viking team apart. Coaching. Special teams. Offense. Defense. You took that football team apart. That's a pretty good record they have. You took it up. That was your best moment this year, in my opinion. And then ever since that game, it's kind of gone like this. Watch. Then you start getting injured. Then you lose Goddard. The beginning was the Goddard injury because then you started going like this. Then Chicago Jalen gets hurt. Fate Maddox is out. Then you lose Lane after Chicago. And it starts to go like this. Then you put that effort up against the Giants at the end of the year versus their scrubs. It's not a way you wanted to go in with the moment. I want teams with momentum. You know, have momentum. And I don't think they have it. I think you beat a team like the Bucks, Bucks or maybe Cowboys. How good would that look? Eagles beat the Cowboys again. And this time they beat him at Lincoln Financial in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. That would be great. If you win that game against either the Cowboys or the Buccaneers, I think you're going to be right in there with the Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs. But I, I just don't think this team has momentum right now. I think they're getting by. Okay? Mascos, we smacked the Giants. Yeah. That means nothing. Because I turn around and go, you smacked Washington worse. And they beat you. The Giants are playing with momentum. How about this? I think they're third team guys. I think they played with as much energy as they possibly can. And they could have on Sunday. If I'm the Giants, I came out of that game feeling pretty good about myself. If I'm the Eagles, I didn't feel pretty good coming out of that game. Except I got home field. Okay? Except for home field. Real quick, before we get on to the other. So what are we, what are, what are we saying here? Bucks, Cowboys? Would you want to see the Giants again? Hate seeing divisional opponents three times. You just never know. And plus, you're not the same football team. You're not as healthy as you were when you beat the Giants the first time. You're clearly not. And if the Giants would have played some of their starters, they'd have beat you Sunday. The Giants would have beat you Sunday. If they played their starters, they'd have beat you. You couldn't close out a scrub team, and you had to play all 60 minutes. 
you'd, you'd have lost to the Giants if they played Tyrod Taylor. I said that yesterday. It's going to be interesting to see how they play, having all this time off too. I, 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 can't, I can't wait. Do I think that this helps? Absolutely, the, 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 the rest helps them. Help me out on something here. I started thinking about this. Why is it so important for the Philadelphia Eagles to have to show their hand as much as they do organizationally, player health-wise? They telegraph everything on what they're going to do. Jalen's injury of a couple weeks ago, Lane Johnson being, why did you tell him? You didn't have to go into detail. All you had to say is that he's not practicing. We're waiting to see if he could play. He'll be a decision each week. You don't have to go into doing this. So get this. They now telegraph that Jalen Hurts played injured. I am going to do everything in my power if I'm the defensive coordinator to hit Jalen Hurts every single time that I possibly can in a playoff game. And you know what? I'm going after him. I'm going after Why would you telegraph that, that he played injured? You didn't have to offer that up. You didn't have to offer up hey, as soon as the season's over a couple of years ago, Howie Roseman goes, we have an open competition at quarterback now. I can't, that's why you got a contingent first round pick for Wentz with Indianapolis instead of getting it without any strings attached to it. Why is it so important? I'll tell you one thing they do professionally. They lie to the local media in Philadelphia on a daily basis. They don't tell them the truth. You see, they're more worried about their national perception than they are their local perception they don't care about you they'll lie to the media in that town and they do they lied all year they don't tell you the truth Jalen Hurts opens up about being heard and Nick says it too to the national guys shit the national guys broke a story they were the ones saying that Jalen was more injured than thought Jalen said it himself and Sirianni also said see they're, they're the Eagle Novacare folks are more concerned about the national perception than the local perception because they look at you go like this. You love us no matter what. And so they can lie to you and control you through a narrative. It has been really an eye-opener. But then again, this is not uncommon for NFL teams or sports teams to control the market and the media in the market. They weren't, they weren't under the privy that Jalen was hurt. They, they were being told he was okay. They were being told that, hey, you know what? This is a game kind of decision. You know, it's just for a precaution. That's not the way Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni put it out there. That this guy was really banged up, man. And he played in the game against the Giants um, really injured. So which is it, Nick? The stuff you tell the local guys or the national guys? You know, you're, the, the lies coming out of the Eagle complex now. I can't keep, I can't keep, I, I, I can't keep track of it. 
What's the lie that's the truth? Just saying. I mean, right? Ah, Jalen's not hurt. Local folks. National folks, this guy's really hurt. You're like, whoa. Okay. Okay. Whoa. But you eat it and you take it because you know why? You love the team and you got great passion for your team. I just was really an experience to watch this year. No one call them out because they're afraid in that. Remember something. You know what the problem with radio is today? Fear. Fear. They're going to tell you everything. Nor are they going to ask anything. Remember that. They're not going to tell you anything, and they're not going to say anything. Okay? I mean, Nick Sirianni, because of his emotion, he tells you exactly how he feels all the time. I mean, dude, don't tell everybody. Don't telegraph everything. You don't have to. Then, they, then when they try to not telegraph, it's a stupid freak show with Minshew and Jalen Hurts and that whole charade. They're not very good at lying. They're just not. That's Howie Roseman in the front office and how they handle themselves. That's not a coach's deal. Coaches don't act like that. They're worried about game plans. They're worried about player matchups. They're worried about travel, being on the road. They're worried about playing in a dome. They're not worried about whether how and how you look nationally to the perception of the national media guys. That's not a head coach's responsibility. That's general manager and PR. Dude, they, the, the Eagles should take on the attitude of the bad guy. You're never going to be perceived any other way, Philly. You should own that. Don't run from it. Own it. I'm the badass on the block. I've been the most successful team in the NFC East. You don't like it? Go root for that Cowboy team that hasn't done shit in 30 years. We're your dad. Take on that bad Dude, Georgia takes it on. Bama takes it on. Patriots took it on. Take on that attitude. I think this is the difference between that 17 team and that 2022 team that we're looking at right now. Own it. You're never going to be. You know, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story that Floyd Mayweather told me. I used to cover boxing with my show, and I used to go to Vegas, all the great fights. That's how we became friends with George Foreman. You guys saw Foreman on the program. I'm friends with Roy Jones Jr. Uh, He's from Escambia. He's from the uh, Pensacola area. And I'll never forget when I asked Roy... And, and Roy to introduce me to Mayweather, became friends with him. There's a part of me that likes Floyd Mayweather. So I asked Mayweather, dude, how are you making so much money? How are you like, he goes, dude, I don't care what anybody says. I'm the championship money belt holder. Nobody fights for bigger fights than me. And during his time, he was right outside of Tyson. Nobody fought for bigger fights with more money than Floyd Mayweather. You know what he decided? The media had made Oscar De La Hoya the babyface. 
the golden boy, all that other shit, right? He went like this, I'll never be De La Hoya. So he owned being the villain. And that's how he owned the money belt. He owned the identity of being that. Philly runs from that. Well, why, why does everybody hate us? And Great. 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 I love being the bad guy. <laughs> that guy right there, Swagger, was all about being the bad guy. And no one cared. No one cared. Where that? But, but you got an organization now because the general manager gets in the way. You can't build a decent identity because there's too many, there's too many hands in the pot. Okay? Dude, Machiavelli, mask, shows me you're an educated man. This guy's quoting Machiavelli now to me. That's right. Okay? I'd rather be feared and loved. Absolutely. Take that attitude on. Organization of Philadelphia all year long was, I don't know, Boy, the way they handle the media, they, they, they have no respect for them. They tell you they do, but they don't. Or they wouldn't lie to you. It's really kind of unprofessional. Seriously, it's a little unprofessional. Guys go out there, they all got jobs. John McMullen's got a job. Some of the people, even Paulie Shore, he's got a job. But that guy will just put his Howie knee pads on, and they like that. That's why you don't get any kind of clear reporting out of that place. There's very few guys that give you clear reporting out of that place. I mean, the national guys got the story. Jalen was really hurt, and he played hurt. (laughs) Nobody in Philly was doing stories in the Enquirer. We weren't talking about it. WIP isn't. just doesn't make sense you don't have to be that way just try to be a little professional so that's all anybody's asking dude you got you got one of the greatest fan bases in the history of the nfl and the eagles they're gonna love you no matter what you do no matter if you're michael vick or to or whomever they're gonna love you as long as you wear that bird and green and white as long as you wear that, they're going to love you. Now, if you turn into a stupid ass, they're going to revile you. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. The fan base in Philly built this team and the perception. Not the Novacare Center. Because they don't know what they're doing. You built it. The Eagle fans, the Bills fans built that identity. It's the truth. They didn't lie to the... So they lied to the national media. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, good for you, man. You keep sticking up for your boys. (laughs) The local guys were saying he was just rusty. That's not what the... That's not what Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni said. So people, people here are now saying... Jalen Hurts was lying to the national media. So Jalen's a liar? 
Which is it? A good guy or a liar? I'm missing it. Which is it? Is he a liar? Misinformation is a tactic. Oh, I see. So you went out and told Lane Lane was injured and you thought that was good at the beginning of the week when you didn't have to report it until Thursday. Okay. Dude, <laughs> then you don't understand how the IR report works. You don't have to. Cattle goes, Jalen is no liar. And I agree with you. I don't think he is either. I, I don't I don't think he is. I, I don't. By the way, top 10 NFL teams, we're going to do some of this at the top of the hour. NFL Coach of the Year. NFL QB rankings. I got to have my vote in by Thursday, too, for MVP, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Mike Missinelli also is going to join us from our fabulous postgame show at 4.30 Eastern time. Yeah, man. Let me go here, too, now that we're hearing all these new potential jobs that maybe Steichen and Gannon are going to interview for. Will Gannon or Steichen be back in 2023? <clears throat> Not one of these guys are getting a job. I'm not going to use the word ever. But not one of these guys are going to get a job. Seriously, you're going to hire Shane Steichen over Brian Flores? You're going to hire Jonathan Gannon over some of the coaches that are out there now? Not one of these guys will be hired. They're going to get into the mix, but they're not going to be hired. There's a log jam of coaches now. Okay? Shit, man. Jim Harbaugh. Sean Payton. God knows what Sean McVay is going to do. There's coaches that are going to be highly, highly sought after. Frank Reich. And by the way, Take that notion out that Frank is going to land. Do you know that the Colts have to pay Frank Reich $9 million a year until the year 2026? Why would I take a shitty job? <laughs> now, he could be a consultant from what I'm understanding, but why would he take a job? He's making $9 million a year through, the, through 2026. Why would he do that? Because he wants to coach in the NFL? <laughs> hey, next couple of years are going to be pretty good for Frank. Frank has a contract at $9 million through the 2026 year. Now, they may have negotiated that number. Okay? They may have negotiated that number out the door. I don't know that. I haven't asked Frank, and I don't really like to get that deep into that. But Frank, Frank either got a bucket of money on the way out the door or he, or, or, or he's going to get paid until 2026. That's why the NFL went around telling everybody, there's like $800 million worth of unpaid salaries to coaches. And these, these guys are still not hearing it. They just fired Kingsbury. They gave Kingsbury a raise, and they gave Kingsbury three years this past offseason. 
I mean, why in the world would any of those guys go, yeah, let me take a job now. I'm making $9 million a year through through 2026. I wouldn't hire Gannon as a dog catcher, Joseph says. I, I think he's got hollow numbers this year. I think the players played inside of a shitty system and were great at it. I think he's got a shitty no win. Hey, once again, I started to show off with this. How many people think this is a good defensive coordinator since week 11? Matt Ryan, 72% completion percentage. Aaron Rodgers, 69%. Daniel Jones, 67%. Dak Prescott, 77%. Andy Dalton, 82%. And some dude named Webb, the 13th quarterback that hadn't thrown a pass in seven years in the NFL, was 60%. You think you're you're really going to hire that? And this has been a trend since he's been the coordinator. He can't stop good quarterbacks. He can't. The key this year to the Eagles was their fabulous play by the players, and you didn't play any quarterbacks that were worth the shit. You didn't play any quarterbacks that were worth the shit, and you're probably not going to play any in the postseason. And if you do, Gannon's done. What quarterback has Gannon stopped? Cousins. He didn't stop Jared Goff. Jared Goff threw for 335 yards in that ball game. Shitty. Yeah, he did. What quarterback has Jonathan Gannon stopped? Come on, man. This is just since week 11. This is just since week 11. I don't, I don't get I guess you don't have to be a great coach today to get a job like that. I just don't get it. Mike Missinelli, 430 Eastern. Top 10 NFL teams. I want to do that next. And then the NFL Coach of the Year. I got to vote for the Coach of the Year. I got to vote for the MVP. I got to vote for the Defensive Player of the Year. Also, we'll take a look at the draft yet. Gannon sucks, Sills. We have to find some, someone to take that guy off our hands. You can only pray. Boy, would I love to have Lovey Smith in there. I don't know if that's the kind of guy they'd like to have in there, though. But, man, would Lovey. Lovey's as good as Vic Fangio. He's a hell of a coordinator, and I think he would save N'Kobe Dean because they would implement kind of what they're doing now with that Tampa, too. Hit the like button, hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mets and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mike Missanelli from our post-game show here on Jacob Sports. We'll talk birds with him, get his thoughts. As they go into the playoffs, does he think they have momentum? Do they not have momentum? By the way, real quick before we continue here, I just want to throw this out one more time. Man, Mike Tomlin, anybody who doesn't think that Mike Tomlin is the best coach or one of the top five coaches in the NFL needs to have their head examined. That guy is such a great football coach. Of all the guys in the league right now that I'd want to play for, Mike Tomlin would be the guy that I'd want to play for. Man, I absolutely love the guy. I think the job he did this year might be his best coaching job because of all the turnover, going from a franchise quarterback, they still had a winning season. Tomlin's just clearly one of the best coaches. I love this guy, man. What an absolutely fabulous football coach. Mike Tomlin is. All right. Top 10 NFL teams 
and the NFL Coach of the Year. I have a vote for the NFL Coach of the Year. And as I tell you guys, just to go ahead and throw that out there to you guys, that I get an opportunity to vote on the um, Player of the Year, the Coach of the Year, the Defensive Player of the Year. I get to do all that because NFL honors at the end of the year, they allow the alumni guys to vote on that. We get an opportunity to do all that stuff and we get a chance to vote. So um, I'm going to be able to uh, give you my insight here on what I'm going to go and what direction I'm going to go and why I'm going here and tell me if you agree or disagree with it. So we appreciate it. Um, Let's do the top 10 teams first. You know, I tell you, if Brandon Staley – doesn't win this weekend with the Chargers, I could see him losing his job and Sean Payton being the next head football coach of the Chargers. I'd want that job if I was Payton. You know why? Because of Justin Herbert. I would want that job. And I think the Chargers have a lot of talent. That's a talented football team. And for them to be floundering weekend and week out, to me is a problem. They're not a consistent football team. They've been injured a little bit too, so I get it. But that Charger team should be further along, in my opinion. They should be further along. I got the Cowboys at nine. You know, I sit here and tell you guys, well, I don't think the Eagles are really playing with great momentum right now. If the Eagles aren't playing with great momentum, what are the Cowboys playing with? The Cowboys traditionally do this. There's so much hype around them. And there's so much publicity around them. I think they lose sight of their job. That's to win games in the postseason. The Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones are not gauged on winning 12 games or 13 games during the regular season. It's what they do in the postseason. You know why? Because Jimmy Johnson set the barometer and he set what the standard is. It's Super Bowl or not. You can't be America's team and have three wins in 30 years. You can't, but Jones has mastered that. I mean, it's more important to be a television star in Dallas than it is to be a football player. I think these guys lose sight of that. These guys are, look at Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is not the defensive player of the year. He's been Casper the Ghost the last month. He's been a non, Hassan Redick has outplayed him. For the last three months, he's outplayed him. But they're the Cowboys. They will always get that push. They will always get that environment. I think the Cowboys are a one-and-done team. I don't give a shit who they play. I think the Lions are the eighth-best team, and I know they're not going to the postseason. The job that Dan Campbell has done with that football team has been wonderful. I mean, think about this for a second. If you're Dan Campbell in the Lions, do you feel better than the Packers right now? Okay, about your future? What's the future of the Packers? I'll tell you what. Jared Goff has done one thing this year. He's made him pause on whether or not they're going to go get a quarterback. He's had a hell of a season. He's had a comeback year. He may, in the end, end up winning the Stafford deal. Now, I get what some of you guys are saying. You're right. They won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles, but... LA's not going to be a factor for the next three years. They don't have a draft pick in the first round for the next three years. I got the Jags at seven. 
boy, Doug Peterson has done a remarkable job at going into the manure barn that Urban Meyer created and created a football team. This has Lombardi kind of stuff on it. And I'm going to tell you why. Do you know the majority of the players that Vince Lombardi won five titles in nine years in Green Bay were there in 1958 when he took over in 1959? The same group that won two games in 58 would go on that iconic run, and almost all those Hall of Famers were on that 58 team. He motivated, my point is, he motivated Great talented players who didn't know they were good into doing great things. That's the sign of a spectacular coach. Look at what he's done. He had to go in there and drywall all that shit. The Jags are a good football team. At the end, over 1,000 yards. He's a good-looking pass-catching running back. Really good stuff. The Vikings. Hey, so they get rid of Mike Zimmer, right? And they end up going out and they end up getting a coach in there who is without a doubt done a great job of coaching in there too. He's done a spectacular job on what he's done with that team. I mean, Kevin O'Connell has done a great job taking over from Mike Zimmer. Still it's cousins though. And I get, I get you. I got the Eagles at five. Now listen, don't freak out. The reason I have the Eagles at five, I think any one of these five teams can win the Super Bowl. I don't think these other teams can. I think the Eagles, if they get healthy, of course they're going to shoot back up. Back up. You're not playing better ball than the Bills. You're not playing better ball than the Chiefs. You're not playing better ball than the Bengals. And you're clearly not playing better ball than the 49ers. You don't have momentum. And again, you get Lane back, you get Avante back, Jalen's healthy, of course you're up there one and two. But you can't lose the best player on your team and go, we're still the best. You're not. However, remember what I'm telling you here. These five teams, if you told me, Sills, I'm going to put these five chips with these names of these teams in a hat, and if you pulled one of them out, Nate, you go, one of these teams is going to win a Super Bowl. I'd be okay with that. And, and by the way, Maniac, it's only five because of injury. It's not because, and, and because of some of the play, and because of some of the play, okay? Jamison goes 2017. To be fair, Sills, they didn't have momentum. Yeah, but they also didn't have expectations after they lost their quarterback. The expectations on this 2020 team have way more pressure on them than what the 17 team did. I mean, nobody thought the 17 team was going to go on a run and win a Super Bowl. The 2022 team is expected to. There's a difference from hunting it down than being hunted down. I mean, nobody had expectations at all with the 17 team. Nobody. I got the Bills at four. I got the Chiefs at three. I got the Bengals at two. I think the Bengals would have beat the Bills if that game wasn't stopped. And I got the 49ers as the best team in the NFL right now. Right now. 
right now. I don't know what Brock Purdy's going to do. I had a trouble putting that there. I, I, I wanted to put the Bengals, but the 49ers are playing too good of football. I, the Brock Purdy factor is a factor. Okay? They are a factor. TK, I think the Bills are going to be a very tough out. They're playing with a higher calling right now and all of that. I, I, I agree with you. I think that when you talk about, you know, a team with a with a purpose, not just to win playoff games, you're playing for DeMar Hamlin and all that, I think that is a factor. Also, my, my vote for coach of the year, here it is. Here's my top 10, and this is how I'm filling my ballot out. Andy Reid, 10th. I think the loss of Tyreek Hill and to see what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do and his ability to be able to play the way he's playing and the job that he's doing, I think it's spectacular on what he's done. Andy Reid has now got home field advantage again for the conference championship, AFC title. Absolutely a great job of coaching. It's very hard to give a guy like that the Coach of the Year award when you got Patrick Mahomes, though. But there's, a, there's no coincidence that Andy Reid is doing the same stuff he did in Philadelphia and Kansas City. He, he, I, I tell you, I gotta, I gotta, I'll probably end up saying this. If you're talking the best coach in the NFL today, Andy Reid's probably the best coach in the league. That includes Belichick. Because he's doing it at multiple places. Bill failed in Cleveland. Bill didn't. Bill had a playoff game. They had a playoff game. But Bill didn't really succeed in Cleveland, Belichick. Andy's succeeding everywhere. And let's not forget, he was part of the evaluation process. And how about this, that Andy, what Andy Reid did in Kansas City? Andy Reid made that transition from Alex Smith seamless. There was no animosity. There was nothing except what? Communication. Andy told Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes exactly how that transition was going to go. It went down that way, and everybody was what? Honest with one another. That's all you can ask for is the honesty. And all of that, that's why that's, that transition, Alex Smith played well in Kansas City, but Andy wanted more. Andy saw more in Patrick Mahomes. Let's not forget, Cliff Kingsbury couldn't win with him. He had him at Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury couldn't win with Mahomes. He's had Kyler Murray, and he's had Patrick Mahomes, and he couldn't win with them. I don't know. You think that's a good coach? I have no idea how he got the Arizona Cardinal job. Okay, he got fired from the, the Texas Tech job. He became the offensive coordinator for like a week in Arizona, no, in uh, USC. Then Steve Kime hired him. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that was crazy. I got Pete Carroll at nine. Look at a job Carroll's done. Geno Smith has had a, Geno Smith threw for 4,200 yards and 30 touchdowns and led the NFL in completion percentage. And he won. And he's in the playoffs. Geno Smith and Pete Carroll are in the playoffs. 
That is an unbelievable story coming off of a Hall of Fame quarterback. And everybody saying Pete was crazy. Pete Carroll has done a great job rehabilitating Geno Smith. Mike McDaniel, I how many people would go here? I never thought in a million years I would ever say this. Right, guys? The Miami Dolphins are better with Mike McDaniel than they were with Brian Flores. It's true. No, they added Tyreek. But they look better. Made the pl- I mean, right? I mean, made the playoffs. This is a first, you got two first year guys leading their teams to playoffs. It's pretty good stuff. Mike McDaniel has the Dolphins playing better than Brian Flores did. I got Sean McDermott. This is probably a little low at number seven. He's going to get a lot of love for what he's had to go through the last week. But McDermott, look at the coaching job that he's done with Brian Dable with Ken Dorsey, with Josh Allen, with the way that team has played, how they've come through all the adversity. He's really a fine coach. Was he a former uh, D coordinator in Philly? McDermott, was he a D coordinator or a defensive coach? He is a hell of a coach, man. He's changed the entire force. He's been the coach. He's been the best coach that they've had in Buffalo since Marv Levy. He's done a great job there in Buffalo and really the turnaround of Josh Allen and the continued growth. He was DC. He, he's a heck of a coach. Who was the, was he after he was had, he had to be after Jim Johnson, right? Heck of a coach, man. Kevin O'Connell, number six, taking over from Mike Zimmer. Common the waters there. Zimmer never liked cousins. Un- understood. But he works with cousins. And here they are. They're the third seed now the NFL and the NFC. That's a heck of a coaching job. Another first-year guy. Dan Campbell, winning record. Winning record in Detroit. Unbelievable. Winning record in Detroit. Turned it around and solidified his job. It wasn't so much what he did in the first year where everybody was laughing at him with the knee chopping and all that other shit. It's the wins. It's them playing for nothing at the end of the year and knocking the Packers out. What a great job of coaching by Dan Campbell. He's totally won his job, man. I got Brian Dable at four. Probably too low. Brian Dable changed the entire culture from Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman was a train wreck in New York. Daniel Jones looked unrepairable. Daniel Daniel Jones, they're probably going to bring back in New York. He's had a rehabilitation year too. Brian Dable rehabilitated not only just Josh Allen. Josh Allen wasn't that. You saw the talent with Josh Allen at Wyoming. His senior year was not as good as his junior year. It was kind of like a Marino thing. But then when Brian Dable got a hold of these quarterbacks, let's not forget he had an influence on Jalen Hurts too at Alabama. This guy's been around some really good coaches. And Brian Dable's a hell of a coach. 
That Giants team looks like they're they're going places and they're trending up. I got Sirianni three. I think Nick has done a really nice job, but I don't think they've really done a nice job coaching this team the last month and a half. I don't. I don't think they adjusted well. I don't think that they have coached the person. Here's my problem with Nick Sirianni's coaching staff. Somebody gets hurt. Everything goes to shit. You can't adjust around when Dallas Goddard got hurt. You, you, you lose in games. Here's here, here again with Nick staff in games, you lose Miles Sanders. He becomes like non, non part of the game plan. Like you forget him. And if Jalen's not out there covering for bad play calls, when he takes off in the run game, it's chaos. It, it, it looks schoolyard. It looks chaotic. There's no guardrails. There's no system. I think this is one of the jobs that they've done a better job at with Josh Allen in the second half um, of the season and in the second half of games. That It's more scripted for him. There's more game plans for Allen, and I think they've done a better job of it. I just don't think they've done a really good job coordinating. I think Kyle Shanahan has done a hell of a job. Kyle Shanahan's on his third quarterback. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy in the NFL draft, is now looking like Joe Montana, which is insane. Even Montana and Young have been impressed with his play. That says a lot about those two guys coming in and going, this guy Brock Purdy, man, where the hell did he parachute in from? It's almost Brady-ish. Remember something, as great as everyone always loves to give, Belichick and everybody, all the love from Tom Brady, in the sixth round, they did pass on him five times too. So everyone, they always go like this. Well, hey, you know, Belichick, he saw it. <laughs> he missed five times. Okay. He missed, you know, he passed on him five times. Anybody could have grabbed Tom Brady. You had five chances to get Brady, sometimes more. You had multiple picks in each round. You had a chance to get him, all 32 teams, and they passed on him five times. That's crazy. This guy, Brock Purdy, man, I think the reason that this guy is really showing that he can play, I think he's played a lot of football in his college career. And I think it shows. He's played at a big-time program. And I think the more reps you get, the more opportunities in the spotlight, I think you get a chance to show people that you can play if given the opportunity. How many stories have we seen like this, right? The Drew Breeses of the world, people thought he was too small, couldn't play. Same thing with Russell Wilson, third-round draft choice. Same thing with Tom Brady and Montana. You know, Montana and, and Brady are the winningest. Tom Brady, Joe Montana are the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. And they weren't taken in the first two rounds. <laughs> the two winningest. Super Bowl-era quarterbacks were not taken in the first two rounds. Talk about missing and not evaluating correctly. Those two dudes, Montana was a third and Brady was a sixth. (laughs) Doesn't always matter when you're drafted. It matters where you're drafted. 
Brady goes to Belichick. You think there's any coincidence to this? Brady goes to Belichick, a Hall of Fame coach, and Montana goes to Walsh, a Hall of Fame coach. There's no coincidence to that. You get to coaching, you're going to carry that team, and that player is going to carry you as well. Okay? Absolutely. So we got Kyle Shanahan at two. I got Doug Peterson, number one. Doug Peterson, in my opinion, is the NFL coach of the year, and he's getting my vote. And here's why. This guy was thrown out of Philly, had his team sabotaged by the GM at the end of the year. That fiasco at the end of the season was a joke. There was bickering between the general manager and the head coach. My opinion, Doug Peterson went down to that urban liar place, took the fire hose out, cleaned that shit barn out, won a division title. And I'll tell you one thing. I look at this current coaching staff and I say this. There's many times this last month I don't really think they've done that great a job of coaching. I watched that guy down in Jacksonville. That guy in Jacksonville not only cleaned up the mess that Urban Liar made, but that guy also cleaned up that entire barn. I'm going to make this proclamation to you about Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over the next seven years, they're going to win five division titles. Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Pro Bowl. There's nobody in that division. That is who? Houston? Doug Peterson is going to win division title after division title in Jacksonville. And he would have won the divorce. He won the divorce. You got two coaches that were fired by that organization. Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, both in the playoffs. I'll tell you what, man. Doug is some coach. Trevor Lawrence is 4,200 yards now. I mean, I thought the guy was broken. NTN's over 1,000 yards. Dude, way to go, Doug. Hell of a job. And let's not forget something. It's the Jags. (laughs) It's the Jags. Fourth title in franchise history. Unbelievable job. Let's get to our friend from the postgame show, Mike Mistinelli. Big sales. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I want you to see this here today, what I'm wearing. You see that? 
You got that? This is especially for you. I didn't see it. <laughs> is it in your honor? Dude, I, I, I tell you what, Franklin's changed it around, man. He had a good year this year. They really they did a nice job. He hasn't turned it around. <laughs> stop it. Stop. Stop. You're gonna, then again, it's the big right, right out of the shoe. You're going to get me to listen. It's nice that Penn State had a good year. And maybe next year with the two kids coming back, uh, running back, and the, and the quarterback. Uh, but they're not as good as Ohio State or Michigan. And I'm tired of Penn State fans saying, oh, look look how wonderful he is. Come on. You got to get into the big tournament. Now, they're going to get in because of the 12 teams. But all of these years, I've been suffering. That's why I wrote no, the I get damn it. book like back, way back in 86. I thought it had good shelf life because they weren't going to win another one for a while. They're, listen, I'm with you. I, you. You've got to get to the national championship game, and you've got to get to the postseason, and you've got to be in the Final Four to be considered a legit, legitimate program. Um, what we saw last night, there's no way Penn State is even remotely close to what we saw with that Georgia team. No, they're not remotely close to Ohio State either. So, dude, that's the thing. When you tell me that Franklin's a good coach, get past Ohio State. Get the tournament once, and then I'll be convinced. So, yeah, I know we're not talking about Penn State here. I just wanted to wear this because I know this is a logo that's near and dear to your heart. Oh, God. Yeah, there you go. I, 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 I tell you, man, that, that game still gives me shivers here. Mike, I want to quote something to you here. This is the yes, last yes. 11 weeks. Of the defenses that the defense that the Eagles have that have played against quarterbacks with completion percentages. These are the last 11 weeks. Matt Ryan, 72%. Aaron Rodgers, 69%. Daniel Jones, 67%. Dak, 77%. Andy Dalton, 82%. Some dude named Webb, 60%. I mean, you think this team's playing with good momentum going into the no. postseason? No, they're not playing with good momentum. But the whole thing revolves around with two guys, really. And um, you got to hope that that Hurts is back to being what he was during the season in, in really the throes of, of his excellence. And you got to hope Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson, to me, is the, is the biggest mystery here. He's going to try to play with a, with a torn muscle uh, that needs surgery. So um, if he's not right, then obviously you can attack from that flank. Uh, but it's you know, listen. It's about hurts. They they, they haven't really. Uh, he, he's been a wall for the last couple of weeks. So I don't know what he's going to be when they play that first game. And there's two chances. You know, they, it's either going to be the Cowboys or the Giants. I'd be much more comfortable with the Giants coming to Lincoln Financial Field and getting him a game under his belt. Cowboys might be tough for him. I mean, I don't know. The, the, the whole thing revolves around him. I mean, you could see it. Um, and I know you're not big on him, his style winning a championship, but you have to understand how he opens it up for everybody else. I think that old mindset that a quarterback like that can't win is um, unless you have the talent that surrounds him. Their offensive line's real good. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are fantastic. Uh, uh, Sanders is having a great year because of Hurts, because he's always a plus one. I mean, you know that, like, they can't match up with him. The guy that the, the first guy that can match up with him when he decides to, to turn it up is the safety. And so you're you know, he's got 20 yards of leeway. Mike, it's not so much that I don't think he can win. I don't think he'll be in games when it comes to seeding in the future. Like here, here's what the mobile quarterback and the dual threat guy has done. And I'll give you examples. RG3 won the rookie of the year and he was finished. Kyler Murray injured. You're not going to see him until next October. 
Lamar Jackson has missed games the last three years. When you rely on both ends of that guy to have to be healthy, Mike, he's going to miss significant games. Well, listen, he may, but let, let's talk about what, what they are now. Uh, the, all those quarterbacks you mentioned, it, it, absolutely correct. However, none of those quarterbacks had the surrounding cast. So this is like uh, this is like a new uh, planet here w- with him. And he, he uh, ha- has excelled in, in this system with all those guys around him because who do you play? I mean, really, they, they're so dynamic offensively. Uh, and, and with the threat of him turning it up on those zone reads, <laughs> like I mean, they've got a great tight end who always gets open. The two wide receivers get open. The slant to A.J. Brown is unstoppable. And, and Sanders is averaging that kind of a yardage. Here, but the, here's the thing. He's banged up. He's got a knee situation. So that, that's also an important factor. So he's in. hurt. Yeah, he's, he's hobbled a lot. And they tried to protect him last week a little bit. You know, okay. it all comes down to whether Hurts can get back to 100%. And, you know, the coach saying that he was hurting bad after that game worries me a little bit because normally they don't say that. So the fact that he says that, he's got two weeks now to get ready uh, with that offense that was humming with him, but there's no competition to find out about it. You're, you're going to go and walk throughs and practice with, with no competition. So you're taking a blind, you know, kind of faith on, on he's going to be that guy come playoff time. Now, that said, they're better than any team they're going to face in that first game. And and they're, they they benefit – well, see, I think San Francisco is the scariest team right now. So uh, – and, and the one thing that benefits San Francisco is that they're going to play two games at home and get revved up, and you know they're unbeatable there. When they come to Lincoln Financial Field, they don't have to win one road game, and they would come – they would be coming in on great momentum. So that NFC title game scares me. Mike, do you think Shane Steichen is the right coach for Jalen Hurts? And I want to, I want to, I want to preface this by putting context behind my question here to you, not to give it a loaded question, but man, I'll tell you what, some of the play calling the last month, I mean, like the Chicago game, I mean, I don't get, I don't get where they get away from the running attack, and because Jalen's not in the game, they lose sight of it. Um, if he's not there, here's their plan, Mike. It's a rescue plan. So if Jalen doesn't see the open guy, take off and run. Is that a game plan, Mike? I mean, well, really? I, mean, I, I don't know if it's that simple that, that he'll just take off and run. I think he's done a great job of, of getting the, the delivering the football when that happens. He's much better than he used to be. And I can't complain about the way this offense is run. To your point, I agree. There are times when I'm befuddled that they don't establish the run early. Now, if you look at the, at the last game, they threw nine straight passes on a day where they're trying to reacclimate him into the offense. Now, I, I don't know if that was because they wanted to get him to get some warm-up tosses, you know, like they wanted to get him back throwing and get him back in sync, because that doesn't really make any sense. And there have been a couple times this year where they they started that way, where they throw instead of establishing a run. But I also think last week was influenced by Miles Sanders not not being 100%. And they got a lot of carries to Boston Scott and, and Gamewell. And he only had 11 carries. So I think that was on their mind. I think getting Jalen Hurts back in a flow where he's throwing the ball was on their mind. And, and uh, you know, that game to me doesn't really tell you much except whether he's going to be healthy for game one. And if the coach saying he was hurting bad, I, I can't think that he's going to be like Mr. Superman in that first game. Mike, he, he he's hurt really bad and you're running quarterback sneaks. I mean. But he did it once. They ran it once. Still, Normally, I saw Patrick Mahomes. He was, he was very cautious. They put it in his head. 
get get rid of the ball if you run get out of bounds he did for the most part he did that he, he when, when he did run he, did. he slid early so that was in his head the whole time now is it going to be in his head in that game because he's got he's got to be with reckless abandon Jalen right he can't be yeah. he can't have the mindset that okay I'm I'm hurting so I have to play this way that's the thing that troubles me about this first game Mike, going into the playoffs, who do you think was in better shape, the 2017 Eagles or the 2022 Eagles? Well, you know, so as I got to tell you, that 2017 team, I, I, I was, I was in wonderment every game because I didn't believe that they were that good, you know. So uh, I think this roster is much better. I think this offense is much more complete. Um, you know, the quarterback then was Nick Foles. He was on a roll. I always thought it was lightning in a bottle. I, I believe a little more in this team, huh. ex- except for the fact that the 49ers are just terroristic right now. And 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 that just and, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what the line on that game would be. But the Eagles would be a slight favorite in that game. I think so. I think, so. I think a, they'd be a point and a half at yeah, home. I'm thinking the same thing, point, point and a half. And, uh, you know, that game, uh, the, the thing about Philadelphia fans going, going on right now is they're they're in – in a big limbo. They don't really know what to think now because this season has gone from, Oh my God, this team's clearly the best team in the NFC. And you're 14 and three. <laughs> yeah. To, to now where they go, Oh boy. Uh, you know, I, is this going to be one of those deals where they've run out of gas and the quarterback is hurt and the, the, the offensive tackle is hurt and the running back is hurt and not going to be full strength. It, it, it's just two weeks of agony. You thought, yeah. you know, this bye week is supposed to have everybody relax. This is two weeks of agony for fans of the Eagles and they had to play 60 minutes of football against the giant scrubs yeah that wasn't the plan (laughs) I mean seriously you were hoping to get another week weren't you where you had this thing wrapped up where you had two weeks going into the playoffs instead you really get the only other week hey you you mentioned something Mike do you think the Eagles they have to have Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts at full tilt to win a Super Bowl or can they win it without one of those guys? I, I don't think that they can, even at full strength, beat the Bills or the Chiefs. To be honest with you, 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 you know that I, I think both those teams. How about the beat, Bengals? I think they, I think they could beat the Bengals if the Bengals get there. So that's the team I think they could beat. I don't think they could beat the other two teams. Uh, but I'm what you know the thing. I if if Lane Johnson's not healthy, Jalen Hurts is not healthy. Can they beat the 49ers to get there? You know, that, that's what I'm looking at. I don't really think they can beat the Bills or Chiefs. But I'd like to see them get there for the sake of the city, just to have some excitement. And in that case, I think fans are realistic enough here. Like, you know, when the, when the Phillies lost to the Astros, it stung a little bit. But most Philly fans were righteous about it. So, you know what, that team was probably better. And I think if they get to the Super Bowl and they play the Chiefs, certainly people are going to say, well, that's just, that team was just better. Absolutely. Mike, What, what what's your – You've covered this man since, I guess, 2000, since he's had various roles, Howie Roseman. Tell me what your overall assessment, then I'm going to ask you a question about, you know, the drafting of Howie Roseman. Um, what, what's, your, what's your take on him as general manager? You know, I, I, Again, I, I back, the macro, the macro view of him. Yeah, I, I go back and forth on this. As he, so right now, he's in a hot spot with me in that he did what he needed to do. But he also did that to make up for some mistakes that he made. He and, lit the so, thing on uh, fire. Yeah, he did. And, and you know, most people look at it and go, okay, it's okay that he did that. I, I'm always the guy who goes, well, if you have to make up for mistakes, even if you've done it the right way, 
that that doesn't give me 100% confidence in you. So, I, but right now I'm in a holding pattern. You know, the way that they they added, they needed positions and they went out and they got those positions. And uh, like I said, th- this offense was just a, a pleasure to watch all year. It was. And th- that leads me to this. Okay, so he can't draft corners. He had to go get free agents. He landed on Devontae, which was right, but he needed a bigger player. So he went because of the mistake with Rager and got um, A.J. Brown. And then I look at this draft this past April and go, Jordan Davis, 13th pick? I don't know. I mean, 13th pick, I was expecting more in the last three weeks since he's been off IR. I haven't seen the guy. Jam, uh, Cam Jurgens. okay. I'll go incomplete on him. We'll wait and see what happens for him next year. Kobe Dean is not the steal of the draft. The kid can't get on the field. Now, some would back, come up me and go like this, Mike. We're a pretty good football team, but not to see any playing time. And then these other guys. I mean, I look at the 2022 draft. They've had zero impact on this team. It's a good team, Mike. I get it. Hard to get in on a good team when guys are playing great. But the linebackers can't cover tight ends. They can't cover backs out of the backfield. TJ Edwards has been exposed a little bit. I hear Seth with you saying that. And there's a hole in the defense where these quarterbacks hit that open zone. I mean, yeah. I think his you look at it like suspect. Um, I think you got to look at it like it's a stockpile. Uh, like they, Cam Jurgens, they don't know from day to day whether Kelsey's going to come back. And, and he's playing at such a high level. I would expect he's next year he's coming back too, and they would have to. Uh, move Jurgens to guard. Uh, but the Jordan Davis thing, you know, they, they have uh, – you have to look at, at, at where they – they have a lot of free agents in that defensive tackle position. So, you know, you got Fletcher Koskett, Hargraves, who they, they probably will resign. But then you got the two guys, Lemel Joseph and Sue, are not going to be back. So Jordan Davis is eventually going to be a really good player for him. I wouldn't think his look at uh, lack of playing time as, as being a bust. The linebacker situation is interesting because it, early in the season they were playing well. And they've regressed, and they can't keep because they're white on the on the field in a lot of situations, and they depend on TJ or two. You're right, can't cover. So uh, I don't know uh, with the Kobe Dean. It, it, he must not show anything in practice. And I know he's smart, but he's a little undersized. Maybe he's a little slow. Um, that's an interesting thing to watch on whether he's going to eventually help them. See, to me, I think you bring a guy, Shane, or if Gannon gets a job, you bring a guy like Lovey in. And I'll tell you why you bring a guy like Lovey in. Lovey worked with the Tampa too. This the Kobe Dean looks like Derek Brooks, undersized guy when he came out of Florida State, Mike. You know, 6'2", 205 kind of guy also. Not very big. But in that Tampa too, they've got the components on that team, and they kind of run a variation of it. Now, they've had a play of a 50 front because of the inability to stop the run. But, that I mean, you got to figure a way to get this kid on the field here. I mean – they're just getting yeah. nothing out of this. I mean, his drafting, I look at him and go, he's a really good deal maker, Mike, but I look at the Eagles and do this now. Is this team a one-year wonder? There's 15 free agents. Yeah, there's a lot of free agents, and they're going to have to replace. But they have good draft capital. So, uh, and they do. The question, yeah, it, it gets back to the question of whether he can execute that. But see, here's the pro- the thing, Dan. They're, they're, they're the number one seed, right? So yep. I can't lament the fact that they haven't really gotten anything out of the draft picks. They've gotten enough out of them to proceed to be the number one seed. And I don't know if you complain about that. And no. Gannon, for all his life, I know, listen, I, I do the show with Seth, and he's a maniac when it comes to non-aggressive defense, as you, as you know. Uh, but I look at it, and I go, my God, they lead the league in sacks. He, I know. Plays, he plays four down linemen, which which puts less pressure on his back line, and they've played well up until lately. Slay's hurt him lately. So that's another 
That's another question going into that first game. But their point differential has been dominant. So I, I can't complain about the way they play defense uh, right now. We'll see what happens. It's, it, it comes down to, again, uh, it comes down to Hurts being 100% lean, Johnson being able to get through this, and Slay is going to have to play better. I mean, that's another key. Two last questions for you, Mike. Um, Dallas, the Bucks, the Giants. And get this, too. The Eagles won't know who they're going to play until Monday night. Okay? Yeah. So they got to wait and see who they uh, – who is the better matchup, in your opinion, for them in the divisional round? You know, uh, I think it's the Giants. Um, the Bucks probably, because I think the Bucks stink. But, you know, that, <laughs> something keeps me from – You want to take a shot with Brady, though. Yeah, it's the Brady thing, so you'd rather stay away from that. But I think they stink. But the Giants, uh, I think, would not come in here and win in that game. In fact, I think the Eagles would be like a six-point favorite in that game. Um, they'd be uh, obviously a like maybe a three-point favorite against Dallas um, and uh, probably six, seven against Tampa Bay as well. But I, I'd like to see the Giants. Uh, they, they, they have familiarity with how to beat them. And uh, I don't think Daniel Jones can beat him here. Final question for you. Do you think that in the offseason, they extend Jalen Hurts? They make him go through the final year of his contract? Um, do they talk, address it pre-draft, or do they wait to camp? Because, and Mike, the guy makes 1.4. He's the lowest paid guy in the offensive huddle, and it's why Howie can move around and do a lot of things. And if you give him the signing bonus now, it's a good sign because his agency's clutch sports. They're not taking Philly hometown deals. That organization doesn't take hometown deals for their clients. Uh, you know what's interesting about this is if they lose the first game and he doesn't play well, what does that do to his negotiating power? I think that they will try to extend them. In a way, they win both ways. If they get to the NFC title game with him, they can ju justify an extension at, at a better price. If they lose, do they go to clutch and go, "Well, you know, we're still not sold, but we like to sign you to it. You know, we'll give you we'll give you uh, some some guarantee here, but it's going to have to be at a lower price than you know the rest of these premier quarterbacks. I mean, it might work, but it, they're shrewd that way. I'm pretty sure that they would like to get him under an extension, and it all depends on how this how this goes. So <laughs> you gotta think win, the playoff they've got to win two games. If they win two games, how are you going to not extend them at a good price? So Mike, you think his playoff, all the things that he did in the regular season sets up now that conversation on what he does in the postseason. That And you know what? Carson Wentz, if I'm not mistaken, Wentz didn't win the Super Bowl, but didn't they give him that contract in that yeah, Super they, Bowl year? So, I mean, what's the difference between Wentz and and hurts if they don't give him that contract extension because they yeah. did it for Wentz. You're probably right, but they were so enamored with Wentz being the franchise guy from day one that they you know, they fell into that trap. Now now Jalen is no, he's had a great year. He he would have been a contender for MVP if he didn't miss those two games. Um, I I would probably think that they would probably do the same thing that they did with Wentz. You know, they're not in a position now where they can start over at that position. So I, I would think that they would do it, but but maybe at a lesser price than the premier guys. Forty million. 
would they would they go to 40 million for him? I, I gotta million? be honest, I can't imagine that they would go there. But maybe they wouldn't have to. So you, you don't think they pay him Kyler Murray money? 46 one. Kyler Murray, that contract is out of whack. Dude, you know, that, that whole organization's so out, out of whack. whack. <laughs> they, they, yeah, I mean, that was out of whack. That was you know, the love of the coach and him. I, I don't know. I think it's a little different. But well, you might be right. I don't, I don't know. It's like he's got good leverage over him right now, but they've got good leverage too because they say, well, listen, you know, we, this was a test on see how, how far you could get us. And, uh, you know, we were the best team in the NFC, we didn't, and you didn't deliver in the playoffs. So, I don't know. Like, because, hey, Mike, real quick. The Dak Prescott deal, $45 million, he's won one playoff game, and he wins 12 games every year. He gets to the postseason. He shits the bed, Mike. I mean, I mean, if you're Jerry Jones, I want a cash refund on that, don't you? Yeah, you got me on that. I, I you know, I, I don't have an answer, but you're you're probably right about uh, where that price is going to land if they decide to extend them. So. It's going to be interesting. Mike, I appreciate it. Don't forget, everyone, make sure you catch Mike. Post-game show from Ocean's Casino. Those guys do a spectacular job. I watch it all the time. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, Sills. Take hey, care. make sure you tell my boy Joe Bell hi. Appreciate it. Right. <laughs> hey, he's right, man. Boy, that number is going to be interesting to see on where the Eagles float in on. Mike doesn't think he's going to get $40 million. Mike doesn't think he's going to get $40 million. Whoa. 35? Would you be okay with Would Jalen's people be okay with 35? That's $11 million less than Kyler Murray. Dude, they're not paying him $50 million. That organization... Hey... If he shits the bed and they get bounced in the opening round or the divisional round, they're not paying him 45. They will not. Holy cow, man. Mike doesn't think they're giving him 40. Trade Slay signed CJ. Bradbury drafted corner, linebacker, and running back. We're actually going to talk about that in hour number three. 37-5. Two-year deal, 37 and 42. Would Jalen go for that? 37 and 42. He makes 1.4 million, just so you know. But then you got to play Gardner Minshew, 17 million. You got to play Bradbury, 17 million. (laughs) You got to pay Hardgrave, 17 million. Where are you getting the money from? Mike thinks that Jason Kelsey's coming back for another year. The, 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 <laughs> Cam Jurgens is too small to play guard. He's too small. Dude, the Cardinals are a complete train wreck. So you give the coach an extension and the GM, and you give a quarterback 46-1, and you're not going to see him until next October. <laughs> Who wants the Arizona? Now, if you're looking for a retirement plan – Being a head coach in the NFL is it. Trade Slay and Sills for a meatball parm. Oh, God, I love meatball parm. It really comes down, okay, to the bun. Meatball parm 
Doesn't matter if it's good. It comes down to the bun. Remember that I told you that. Okay? Nobody answering if Hurts wins, what will he get paid? Well, he wins what? The Super Bowl? He's not winning the Super Bowl. That coaching staff is not winning the Super Bowl. Not happening. They may get there. I picked them to. But that's not a Super Bowl coaching staff. It, that's not. That's not a Super Bowl coaching staff. They are not going to win a Super Bowl with that staff. Absolutely. Not the current staff they have this year. If Nick adds some more experience to it. You see, one of the things that Sean McVay did. Can I tell you one of the most important things that Sean McVay did? When Sean McVay got the job with the Rams, who did he hire as his defensive coordinator? Does anybody know? Does anybody know who Sean McVay hired as his D coordinator? so that they could get to the Super Bowl and play the Patriots. Do you guys know who? Who did they hire? Do you remember? Tone's right. They hired Wade Phillips. Do you know who Nick Sirianni hired along with Howie? A CPA. They hired a guy that could work in a library. Okay. You didn't hire a talented coordinator. You hired a CPA, a tomato can. Dude, these coaches in Philly, nobody, these are going to be the biggest bust in, since, John, since Nathaniel Hackett. So you think you're going to respect a 32-year-old coach when he rolls in there? The only way you're going to get respect is if you have a respected staff. Okay? You watch if this team starts losing ball games. We'll see what we'll, we'll see how that goes. She had a 2 and 5 they wanted Nick Sirianni fired. They wanted Nick Sirianni fired at 2 and 5. I would never trade Sills for anything. That's what Jimmy Johnson said. I done. I'd never trade Sills for anything. I done. So, NFL quarterback rankings. My MVP vote, I waited for the last hour. And my defensive player of the year, the schedule, the draft. We got we got we got a ton of stuff to hit on here in the third hour. Sills. That how we need pads, pads saying is killing me. Hey, hey, Jameson, seriously, when you walk into the Novacare Center, um, it's important to put your Howie pads on. Okay, what, got his face over here. Got the equal colors over here. You got to walk. See, heard this. You have to walk on your knees at the Novacare Center when you're talking to people, especially in the um, in the Eagle organization. You got to look up. <laughs> Hi, this is Johnny Blow. Um, can you tell me where Howie is? What kind of questions you ask? Well, here, here's my questions. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you got to get cleared. <laughs> yeah. That one was told to me. What kind of questions would you ask him? Who's asking? Me. I don't know. How's your team? What do you like for dinner? I said this to Bob Lank, their PR guy. What kind of questions do would you ask him? 
I told him, what's your, I would ask Nick what his favorite movie was. <laughs> I'm not telling you what I'm asking him. Yeah, Bob didn't like that too well. So, so what are you going to, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, say, I, I'm going to ask him some questions. I asked, I went just like this. I went, what, Nick, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> yeah. Sills, make sure to get you likes. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate that. Um, dude is busy worrying about fans talking smack rather than being prepared for his upcoming game. I felt the same way too a little bit. I did. Coach of the year, you think it's Brian Dable? I think it's um, I think it's Doug Peterson. I didn't know, by the way, Miles Sanders was banged up. I didn't know that. So that's kind of maybe why they've been hiding him the last couple of weeks. But at the expense of Jalen? That's why you ran Jalen more in the Chicago game? Because Miles Sanders was hurt? <laughs> Who's more important, Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts? You think that made sense? Yeah, so so Mike said, well, yeah, you know, Miles has been banged up. That's kind of why they pulled back a little bit the last couple of weeks on him. So, okay, so you thought it was in the best interest to run Jalen Hurts in the Chicago game more than Miles Sanders? It just didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. All right. We're going to open up with the MVP. My vote. I have to have it in by Thursday. Defensive player of the year will be next. The QB rankings, the weekend schedule, and also the NFL draft, where the Eagles are. I have a guy here, and I wonder if you'll go here with me on where Howie might go. Hit the like button. Hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show, please. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mess and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
number one Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown Big Finish Sales Event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game. Now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. hit the like button playoffs are here by the way that train wreck of a national championship game just shows you what the networks have done to it so adding like a 12 team playoff 14 playoff 14 team playoff whatever it is you think you're gonna get more quality games or do you think you're gonna get lesser games you're gonna get lesser games who the hell wants to watch that shit train wreck of a show i don't want to see tcu in a playoff game TCU doesn't deserve to be in a playoff game. They don't have the talent to hang with the premier programs in the country. And some would go, well, shit, Sills, that's not fair. Whoever said college football was fair? You have elite programs and you have wannabes. There's 10 teams in the country that can win the national championship every year. Do you realize there's 135 Division I football programs 10 have a legitimate chance to win that thing. See, the old stupid notion, well, if you go undefeated, you have every right to be it. No, you don't. That's like you guys telling me every year or every week about the Eagle record. You're not playing better than the Niners right now. You're not better than San Francisco. We got a better record. And 
I mean, that team last night, TCU, couldn't beat Vanderbilt. They couldn't beat Vandy. People go, what are you talking about, Sills? Vandy sucks. Well, yeah, when you play Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Bama every week, yeah, you might suck. Why do you think that cowardly coach, Lincoln Riley, pulled the ripcord and went to USC? Because Oklahoma was moving to the Southeastern Conference. He didn't want to be Vanderbilt. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Daz never had a 4,000 passing quarterback, but Carson Wentz. Yeah, you played stiff quarterbacks this year, dude. Don't worry, you're going to get a full sample size of that next year. (laughs) And every time you play decent quarterbacks, they put up iconic numbers against you. You haven't stopped a decent quarterback except for Kirk Cousins. You haven't stopped one of them. 88%, 72%. Jesus, criminy. Andy Dalton went 82% against the guys. Jesus, criminy. You turn these guys into, you turned a guy named Webb, a guy named Webb into a 60% completion percentage guy and he'd never thrown an NFL pass. What a shitty scheme, man. All right, as promised, we are going to do the MVP right out of the gate here. I have to have my vote in by 3 o'clock Eastern on Thursday. And here's who I have so far. And if some of you could talk me out of it, okay? If some of you could talk like this, you sound mad, big dog. No, no, I got two national championship rings over there. I'm good. Why would I be mad at something like that? Why would I be mad? <laughs> I got I got an NFL ring up there, and I got two and I got two uh, national championship rings. Why would I be mad? <laughs> big Sills mad? Why? My shit's set. I'm good. I'm I, hey, I'm good. <laughs> Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, pick your poison. That's what Xander says. Here we go. Here is my most valuable player. And here's who gets my vote. At 10, Nick Bosom, San Francisco 49ers. He's the best defensive player in the National Football League. He's played that way consistently. He's second in TFLs. He's got 17 sacks. Tremendous impact on what he's made to the best defense in the National Football League. And Nick Bosa is in the 10th spot for my ballot. Number nine, Tyreek Hill. Absolutely spectacular season. The wide receiver has had, and get this, I have to admit I'm wrong. At the beginning of the season, I said Tyreek Hill's numbers would be down. Couldn't have been more wrong. He went to Miami, and he actually helped Tua Tagovailoa become a problem for the Dolphins on what to do with him in the offseason. Tua got him the football. Okay? 18 and a half sacks, that's fantastic for Nick Bosa. Tyreek Hill's had a spectacular season. Number eight. 
This is to the credit of Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, is in the eighth spot. Team won a division title. He had 27 touchdowns and eight interceptions, 4,200 passing yards. Absolutely just revitalized a dying organization. They won their fourth division title in the club's history, and Trevor Lawrence led the way. Here's one of the guy. Here's one of the guys that you build your football team around. That's the franchise quarterback. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Second fastest player in NFL history to 15,000 passing yards. Um, I don't like the wobbling of the Chargers. I just don't. They wobble on defense, and that's supposed to be Brandon Staley's bread and butter. I think there's a coaching issue in Los Angeles with the Chargers. And to me, Sean Payton and Justin Herbert, I think could do magical things together. I think that's the job, not the Denver Bronco job that Sean Payton covets. It's in Los Angeles. He wants to be in a bigger market like that. Plus, you have a big arm. There is no doubt. Here's another guy you want to build your football team around. And Justin Herbert, a big-time talent. Number six, guy who actually had a better passing season statistically or according to tone technically than Jalen Hurts. Geno Smith led the NFL in completion percentage, threw for 4,200 yards, threw for 30 touchdowns, put his team in a postseason, and just put all the naysayers to bed. That the I thought the Seahawks were going to be the worst team in the NFL. The Seahawks are a playoff team because of Geno. Okay? Geno Smith has had an absolutely spectacular year. Spectacular year. Now we're getting into the top five. Justin Jefferson, the guy that Howie missed. I should call him Justin Rager Jefferson. Um, Iconic season. He's putting years up. Can I tell you who I compare him to? The Philadelphia Eagles passed on Megatron. Put that back for safekeeping. You passed on Megatron. Okay? You passed on Megatron. Jefferson's a talent. He's one of the best wide receiving talents I've seen since Randy Moss. What a player. Number four. Big Seals MVP vote. Number four. Who do you think should be at four? So far, 10. Nick Boza, Tyree Kill at nine, Dolphins. Trevor Lawrence, Jags at eight. Justin Jefferson. No, excuse me. Justin Herbert, Chargers seven. Geno Smith, six. Seahawks. Justin Jefferson, Vikings, five. Who's four?
I got Josh Allen at four. I got Josh Allen at four. See, I think these four guys, I, I, I think actually of the four guys, I think three of them are kind of close. Okay. I got Josh Allen fourth. Josh Allen played 17 games, you snowflake. I got Jalen Hurts third. I got Hurts third. Boy, Xander. Allen did play all 17 games. See, all these votes matter in the position because they add them all the total votes up too. Should Hurts be fourth? Behind Allen. I got Joe Burrow, too. I think if Burrow beats Allen on that Monday night game last week, I think he passes Mahomes. But Mahomes has had such... He won 14 ball games too. I got Mahomes, one. Burrow, two. Hurts, three. Allen, four. Justin Jefferson, five. Geno Smith, six. Justin Herbert, seven. Trevor Lawrence, eight. Tyree Kill, nine. Nick Bosa, ten. Now I do go back and I'm looking at Hertz and Allen. Should Jalen be fourth? MVP vote has nothing to do with the postseason. Sills, if Hurts plays all 17 games, you think he stays at three? Dude, I I, I think it would have came down between Burrow, Mahomes, and him. And I think it would have been really close to see, like if he beats the Cowboys, okay? He beats the Cowboys, and they finish with one loss. You know, and he throws for four grand with 2,000-yard receivers. He, you know, it elevates the conversation for Jalen. Okay? It, it would have elevated it. And I would have been compelled to have those three guys. Look, I think Allen is outside of it. Hertz is outside of it because of the missing of the games. But here, I'm being fair. My aunt asked me this question. Guy missed some games. Is it a fair evaluation? Well, yeah, because it's a style. And almost every one of these quarterbacks played the entire season. Jalen didn't. And when you play that style of play, that has, durability has to be part of it, I think. That means you're, you're available on Sunday. Jalen wasn't available every Sunday. That's a negative. He wasn't available every Sunday. He was barely available this past Sunday. That's that's not a hater comment. We're talking about MVP here of the league. MVPs play. Jalen put an MVP moment together because he had to play. 
because the coaches couldn't finish off team and you couldn't finish off the JV Giants. Dude, this has nothing to do with the player accountability here. This is how the coaches went down. This. Look, the completion percentages that I quoted to you for the defensive coordinator, how they handle Jalen Hurts down the stretch. You think that's been a great coaching move? Dayball started six and one last 10 games, three, six and one. I didn't give him the coach of the year. I gave Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence have played some of the best ball in the last two months of the season. So my question now is with Jalen Hurts, is he in see to me, by the way, you want to hear something else folks that's in your contracts. If you're in the top three voting, for the most valuable player award or for any kind of a award, you get some type of bonus. Like if like if Mahomes was another MVP, there's probably a million dollar bonus in there. Burrow finishes second, probably 500. And if he finished third, there's probably 300 grand in there somewhere. All these incentives, you're in the top three, you're going to make an incentive. Boy, Xander's right, man. Hertz, Hertz might be fourth. Hey, you want to hear something? Watch this. What, 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 what does this list tell you, though, whether he's third or fourth? What does this list tell you? There's not another NFC quarterback that's ahead of him. I said this yesterday, and I'll continue to say this again. I think there should be two MVPs, AFC, NFC. And if we're going down that route, Jalen Hurts is the most valuable player because it's personally, I think it's between him, Justin Jefferson, and Nick Bozum for the MVP in the NFC. Geno Smith, too. But he would he would beat those guys out. He'd beat them dudes out. Our coach is getting MVP. Um, I don't know that. Hertz has gotten better. Without a doubt. That's why he's in the conversation here. Dude, watch this. Guy just said Hertz is getting better. Well, yeah, when we're talking about him in the top three conversations for the MVP of the league, you think? <laughs> Hertz more valuable to team. If Hertz played for Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, all three of those teams will better run game and defense. D, if Hertz was on any one of those other teams, They'd go nowhere. Jalen Hurts and that offense has been built around him, plain and simple. Okay? Now, if you're paying Jalen Hurts $1.4 million, yeah, he could probably go to those places. Don't you understand the reason why there's no run game in Buffalo or there's no receivers in Green Bay or they don't have a running game and a running back in Kansas City? It's because they're paying their quarterback $50 million. Those teams have all holes in their offense or defense for a reason. The quarterback takes up the majority of the contract and the salary cap. Jalen Hurts, his value to his team is also, here's Jalen Hurts' value to the Eagles. His salary, ability, an attitude. That's his 
That's his asset. All of those three things have to play into him being successful in, in Philadelphia. Like, watch this. In Kansas City, does Patrick Mahomes have what Jalen Hurts has? Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes in Philadelphia with that group, tight end, receivers, running back? He'd throw for 7,000 yards. So would Justin Herbert. So would Josh Allen. So Joe Burrow, he kind of has that in, in, in uh, Cincinnati. Except they don't have the old line that Philly has. Joe Burrow does it. Joe Burrow's probably the closest thing to what they have in Philly, except for the O-line, which is getting better. Jalen has the best of everything. He needs the best of everything to win. You can't, you can't have any deficiencies on that team. He ain't going to be that successful. Every single thing he has on that football team. And if you start taking some of the components away, a receiver, a running back. That means Jalen's got to run more. He'll never make it. It's not sustainable. Dual threat. That's the dilemma they're in. That's the dilemma. Haas, Justin Herbert has an elite arm. And there's no getting around it. That's an elite player when you watch him play. You watch Jalen Hurts versus Justin Herbert throw the football, you'll laugh at Jalen. Dude, I'll say it again. Geno Smith had a better passing season than Jalen Hurts did. Technically. 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 There's not one statistic offensively throwing the football that Hurts beat Geno in. Not one. Let the NFL in completion percentage on top of that. 70%. Not close. Hurts is the dual threat guy thing. He's not a pocket passer like that. And he gets open because of the fear of him breaking out in the perimeter. Not because of his fabulous arm. As I said, he'll never throw for 4K in his career. Does he have the ability? Yeah. Will he? No. It's not sustainable. Tactically. <laughs> I love that technically. Chalk it up. Technically. <laughs> technically. QB rating. Yeah, by one percentage point. Congratulations. Geno dominated Jalen in every passing statistic. Every one of them. Every one of them. That's not true? Yes, it is true. I quoted the statistics yesterday. Look at Robert. He threw for 3,700 yards and missed two games. No shit. Dual threat. Not sustainable. Missing games. Lamar Jackson will never throw for 4,000 yards. And he's a perennial, he is a consensus all Amer- or consensus MVP. He's never going to either. They miss games. Bro, what? look at the people who can't put together the facts. I quoted you 
Geno statistics versus Jalen's. It's not close. It's not. I All I'm saying is he had a better passing year. All the things you wanted Jalen to do, throwing the ball personally, statistically, Geno did. 4,200 yards, 70% completion percentage, 30 touchdowns. And he put his team in the postseason. He's 0-0-2, zero zero just like Jalen, 0-0. Zero zero. Geno's a 30-year vet. That's not what I said. I said Geno Smith had a better passing season. <laughs> Do you think Russell – what team had 2,000-yard receivers? Congratulations. I hope you win the Super Bowl. What's Gino going to do this weekend? Better question is, what's Jalen going to do? Last playoff game he was in, he shit the bed and looked terrible. What's your boy going to do? I don't know. I'm not going to make a – I want to see who they play first. You know what's really sorry about that? That means your coaching staff has to prepare for three or four different teams. This This is a disaster in the beginning. The Eagles won't know who they play until midnight Eastern time Monday. That coaching staff, then, you better hope you play Sunday, not Saturday. So if they put the Eagles on a Saturday with three work days in a short work week, you're not going to really start preparing on that team until midnight. Man, they're going to be working a long time. That's going to be a long night for Nick and the boys. You better get the tofu burgers out. You better get some some coffee, and you better get to work, man. Okay. That's not a talking point. You're not going to know who you play until midnight Friday on Monday Eastern time. You have no idea until everything shakes out. What did Gino do in his rookie contract? Okay, how about if I do this? Trevor Lawrence blew his doors off too. Trevor Lawrence blew his doors off. He's in his second year starting. And Jalen's in his third year. (laughs) I mean, Trevor Lawrence blew his doors off this year. (laughs) With the Jags. I don't even know who he's throwing the ball to. Well, the tight end's good. Tight end's a pretty good player. Tight end's good. That kid Kirk or whatever his name is. He's pretty good. Manchester Seals deep down Philly going to the Super Bowl. I told you, man. I picked you guys to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Bills. And, hey, talk about Nostradamus. Jalen, am I or, – or uh, Xander, Tone, am I right? Big Seals was like the first person to say, I got Eagles in and Bills in the Super Bowl. Bill's winning. And now with the kid uh, falling on the field and all this other stuff going on around it. I mean, come on, man. I got Bills and Eagles in the Super Bowl. I can't. I mean, I've been saying it all year pretty much. Way early. I was like one of the first. Xander couldn't believe. He goes, wow, you got like one of the first guys. Shit, people in your own market want Eagles going to the Super Bowl. I haven't heard anybody with a proclamation. 
you're going to the Super Bowl. I still think they're going, but I think that, but I, I think there's concern. <laughs> Phil, you want an effing cookie? No, no, no. I just would like to have maybe like a, like a green room dish and a nice view over oceans. Just, you know, just to treat Big Sills good for one day. That's all I'm asking. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a diva like D-Gun and Seth and these guys. I'm very simple. I don't really ask for anything. I'm very easy to get along with. Right, Tone? <laughs> yeah. Right? All I want is just, you know, maybe like a poo-poo platter. Something like that, you know? I can't even get a poo-poo platter. No, they only set it up for D-Gun, and they got a big, like, table, Big Joe and all them guys. They're munching away on it. It's all good. Don't worry about it. All right. Still some more to get to here. NFL QB rankings. The final... The final week of the week 18 of the NFL. Here they are. Number 10, Tom Brady broke the attempts and completions records that he set. You know what's funny about Tom Brady? He throws for 4,600 yards, 94 quarterback rating, and breaks records at 45, and he had a down year. 29 touchdowns seven picks or whatever it was down year for Tom Brady heads into the playoffs with a pretty, actually, let me take a look at a 45. Let me look at that 45 year old. What was Tom Brady's stat line? What was that stat line for Tom Brady here? Let me see. Let's see how Jalen compares to Tom Brady. He's 45. Tom Brady stats. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> 45-year-old Tom Brady. Brady went for 490 completions. New NFL record. 733 attempts. New NFL record. Threw for 4,700 yards. 25 touchdowns, nine picks. That's a down year. Jalen Hurts won't throw for 733 yards in two years. Oh, no, it'll take him two years to do that. It'll take him two years to do that. Wow. And a 67 completion percentage in the process. That's a down year. This guy had more completions than what Jalen had attempts. Wow. Number nine, Geno Smith. Fantastic season he had. I have him number nine. Number eight, let's take a look at Justin Herbert's season. Justin Herbert, since these guys think he sucks and shit. Justin Herbert's stats. They say this guy sucks. Let's see how much he sucked. Let's see how much Herbert sucked this year. 
Let's take a look at this. Third year in the league. Justin Herbert's got 14,000 yards, <laughs> 94 touchdowns, 35 interceptions. He threw for 4,800 yards, 700 attempts, 477 completions, 68-2 completion percentage. Yeah, he sucks. Justin Herbert, number eight. Justin Herbert sucks. Number seven, did Jared Goff outplay Hurts too, passing the ball? Let's see. Jared Goff stats. Let's take a look at this. Yeah, Jalen had six picks, throwing half the attempts of Brady. Half the attempts. Brady threw the ball 800 times. Your guy threw it 425. Half the attempts. He only had six picks. Yeah, you don't throw the ball a lot in Philly. Let's see. Jared Goff. Don't tell me he outplayed Jalen, too. Jared Goff had 4,438, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 382 completions, and 587 in attempts. Jared Goff had a better passing year than, than Jalen Hurts did. <laughs> okay. Number six is Kirk Cousins. Number five, Trevor Lawrence. And here we go. NFL QB rankings. Final week, last game of the year. We'll do a new one going into the postseason. Brady at 10, Geno at 9, Herbert at 8, Golf at 7, Cousins at 6, Lawrence at 5. I got Jalen Hurts at four. Missed a couple ball games. Availability, dog. Got to be out there. Dual threat, you know what I'm saying? Got to be there. This dual threat quarterback did play all 17 ball games. Josh Allen, I got him third. I got Joe Burrow two, and I got Mahomes one. So Brady at 10, Geno at nine, Herbert at eight, Golf at seven, Cousins at six. Lawrence at five, Hertz at four, Allen at three, Burrow at two, Mahomes at one. Mahomes wins another most valuable player. Unbelievable. Man, we still got a shitload of stuff to get to here. Great. I don't, I don't think that that's unfair. Jalen's had a great year, guys. He just hasn't had a better year than them dudes. Okay. Thank you. Funny how you take any time to get Jimmy's. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy J. That Niner team is going to wax you if you're not ready. <laughs> Niners are playing great football, man. You even hear Mike Missinelli saying it, man. That Niner team. Man. Okay. You don't have a better offensive tackle than them. Comparable. He is. He is, Lane. But he's not there. <laughs> so the Niners have the best tackle. And a 75% tackle compared to Trent Williams, that ain't going to work. <laughs> and a 75% Lane Johnson versus Nick Boza, that ain't going to work. <laughs> you know what the Niners are going to do, right? If they make it to the NFC title game, 
your boy Lane is going to be playing at 75% against Nick Bosa, who had 18 and a half sacks as defensive player of the year. You understand that? And then behind Nick is Fred Warner. Fred Warner, who is a spectacular linebacker. Then they're DB. Dude, that whole unit gets after folks. Lane hasn't allowed a sack since 2020. So you think a 70% Lane Johnson versus 100% Nick Boza. He's winning that. Never in a billion years. My money's on Nick. Sorry, dude. Anybody else? I got Lane, not Nick Boza. Not Nick Bosa, dude. This guy's the best defensive player in the league. He's not shutting him down hurt. Not just going to put him right on him. I live in La La Land. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you guys watch too many Disney movies. You know, Cinderella's not real. You know, I know the castle's real. I've been there a billion times. I actually love Disneyland and World. Been there a trillion times. Okay? But I got to tell you, man, Cinderella's not real, dude. <laughs> okay? Brock Party! <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. <clears throat> I can't say it with a straight face, man. Come on now! Lane kicking ass. Go get him, man. 69, 68% Lane versus 100% Nick Boza. Tell you what, if he does that, be the greatest accomplishment in his career. Brady, 800 attempts, 500 Hurts, 400 attempts. What? Jalen Hurts did not have 500 attempts. He had 425 attempts. Okay, here's the point. When you throw the ball more, you're going to have higher turnovers. It's a higher turnover play. Your guy throws the ball. Of all the top 10 quarterbacks, he threw the ball the least. Dual threat. Never in a billion years will Jalen Hurts throw for four grand. Flip the coin. Not yet. Not yet. Dude. Hafanga? Is that how you say it, Jesse? <sighs> wow. Hey, by the way, what do you guys think of this? Jesse Bates is going to be a free agent in the offseason. You think how we should make a play for them with Cincinnati? With Duke Tobin? Would you, would you want Jesse Bates? He's going to be a free agent. I don't know what Cincinnati, I don't believe Cincinnati's going to tag him. Would you take him? Jesse Bates, the safety from the Bengals, be a free agent. They franchise tagged him this last year. Okay. Yeah, but you know what you could do, Yeah, You could slide CJ over the corner. Okay. You could slide him over the corner. Just, just throwing, just spitballing here. That's all. He's a good he's a good football player, Jesse Bates. One of the top safeties. And you got a hole at safety. And playing a slot corner? Uh, I think it will cost 18 million to, to get Bates. I think it will. I think it will. Defensive player of the year. Okay? No, no, no. 
Less attempts, more rushing attempts. His rushing attempts went up. His rushing attempts went up and he missed two games. How about this? Jalen has more rushing attempts than he did a year ago. I thought we were going to get away from that. And and missed a game for the second straight year. Yeah, of course, that'll get better, though. Because it always does. These guys heal themselves as they get older. You know, it's a trend. (laughs) Dual threat. Not sustainable. Good night. End of story. Big Sills wins. Case closed. Close the book on that. Let's close the book. Dual threat guys don't finish seasons. Except unless you're the unicorn, Josh Allen. Close the book. Close the book. See, look, here's the Jalen Hurts. Never healthier again than he was his first year. Close the book. It's over. Same thing with Lamar. Close the book. (laughs) Seals, who would you hire for OC? Frank Reich. Organization likes him. And um, he he knows the system and he knows a lot of the players. I'd get Frank in there. Defensive player of the year vote. I have to have this and also by Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern. You might be happy here. Number five, Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns. Number four, Micah Parsons, Cowboys. Sorry, dude. You went from one three months ago to four. You did not have a very good year, in my opinion. You were a no-show in three for three months. A complete no-show. Hassan Reddick, number three, Philadelphia Eagles. Big sales wrong. Close the book. <laughs> Then again, I'm not wrong really on how he plays. I'm not going to dissect it and change the narrative and the goalpost so it fits my narrative like other dudes do. But he really, what he was brought in to do, he did. So we'll leave it there. Okay? Great season. That's right, yo. I got Max Crosby, number two, Raiders. He had a really great year. You'd never know it. And I got Nick Boza. The defensive player of the year going against Lane in the NFC Championship game at Lincoln Financial. And Lane is injured. Man, I'd love to see Lane healthy going again. That'd be an I dude, that would be iconic. Okay. That would be iconic. If Lane was completely healthy. Okay, if he was completely healthy. By the way, do you think they need Lane Johnson in the divisional round? to advance to the NFC championship game? Would you rest Lane? Would you rest him? Hassan Reddick going to be number one with the most sacks against Boza after, after the playoffs? <laughs> okay. Right, you keep Hassan, I'll keep Nick. I'm good with Nick. Okay, I'm good with Nick. Sills, see how your boy Allen is in the Super Bowl when our defense sacks him six times. Dude, that guy's going to throw for about 10 touchdowns versus that shitty Jonathan Gannon defense. I mean, you, you turn Andy Dalton into an 88% completion percentage guy. <laughs> and some dude named Richmond Webb or Spider Webb or Spider Rico. What's his name? 
What was the guy's name? His, his name was Spider Rico. Spider Rico had a, here it is, 60% completion percentage against Jonathan Gannon's great defenses. Spider Rico, who'd you, who'd, you, who'd you coordinate against? Andy Dalton. Well, how'd you do? Well, he went for 82%. Excuse me. Yeah, 82%. How did Dak do? He threw for 77%. How did Daniel Dimes Jones do? He threw for 67%. <laughs> How did Aaron Rodgers do? He threw for 70%. How did Matt Ryan do? Washed up Matt Ryan. He threw for 72%. Jesus, Cremity, this is since week 11. Since week 11, those are the percentages of the quarterbacks that Gannon has played against. So when you play against Tom Brady, man, I hope you don't run into that guy because there could be a problem there. Brady throws at 70%. As an average every game against Jonathan Gannon, dude, that guy will throw for a hundred percent. Shit, Andy Dalton was 13 to 13 to open the game two weeks ago. Oh man, please God, don't run into Brady. <laughs> hey, don't run into Brady. Don't run into Brady, is all I'm gonna say. Just don't run into Brady. All right, let me take a time out. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. only one place i could be obnoxious and of course it's in the city of brotherly love it's the only place that works everyone else this guy so you know he's in but you do have your you do have your fair group of snowflakes too though some of them are at the novacare center too i mean <laughs> we can't tell these guys this boy i tell you man at least five percent of the eagle fan base are snowflakes we'll go there with that I'm comfortable saying that. Hey, Dan, how do the Seahawks beat the 49ers on Saturday? I think you got to make plays in special teams. Dude, the 49ers, man, they're a dominant football team. They can't, like, what happened last night to TCU? What happened to TCU last night? They lost the line of scrimmages. Georgia beat the shit out of them at the line of scrimmage. They just beat them up both offensive and defensively, it was no contest. And that's kind of what that's kind of what the Eagles used to do. They're kind of not doing that right now because of injuries. 49ers are doing – 49ers are playing Eagle football right now. Okay, you're not asking Brock Purdy to be insane, even though he's making plays and completion. Okay? <laughs> maniac. Yeah, Maniac, you're, you sound like a snowflake. You sound like the snowflakes. I I, I do like the pea angels in. <laughs> Rodney Peter Hurts. Shut up, maniac. Rodney Pete. I don't know, man. His old lady's great looking. Rodney Pete's got a good looking. Google it. You'll see what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, maniac. Snowflake. I'll make a I'll make a pea angel for you. Okay. <laughs> right through your front lawn. <laughs> Very Philly. Tony Bruno would approve. All right. NFL playoff schedule. Seahawks at San Francisco. Someone just asked this. Is that San Francisco? Boy, I, I don't know how Seattle stops them. But again, divisional opponent, you know, always makes for a tough football game. Pete Carroll versus Kyle Shanahan. That's going to be a pretty good match. Okay. That's going to be a pretty good match there. San Francisco, though, man. Best team in the NFC right now. 
Chargers at Jacksonville. I give Doug Peterson a great chance to beat this team. I think Brandon Staley's holding that team back. And I'm talking Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roddy Pete. Yeah, Holly Robinson. Yeah. Right? Carroll's a great coach. He is. I think Doug, I'll tell you this, I think Brandon Staley could lose his job if they lose it to the Jags. Sills peas, I piss. Okay, Cole, you got me. <laughs> What's next? I sit down to pee? <laughs> hey, okay. Fair enough. Pee, pit. okay. I had my man card just for a second remotely uh, yanked for me. Can I say that? I think. So, yes, I just I just had my man card, old Cole, taken away from me from for a tad. I have to go sit in the corner with a dunce hat on. Sunday, Miami at Buffalo. Do you play Tua? Do you play Tua? You ain't beating him with Teddy Bridgewater in Buffalo. You see that place this last weekend? That kid Hines ran those two kickoffs back, <laughs> and – that's a buzzsaw, man. Dolphins are going to get destroyed. Plus, it's cold. It's Miami. You're going up there. Not a chance in hell, right? Giants at Minnesota. You think the Gigantes could upset Minnesota at Minnesota? It's a 430 Fox game. It's Kirk Cousins. It's almost nighttime, right? It's like a 430 game. He's getting close to night. So I think the Giants can beat them. Okay? Right? It's 4.30. So it's kind of nighttime. Baltimore at Cincinnati. You hearing this one? Lamar Jackson's going to play. So you got Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. <laughs> okay. I'm on that one. I'm on that one. Hey, and by the way, Eagle fans, you should be watching Seattle, San Francisco, Giants, Minnesota, and then Dallas and Tampa on Monday to see how this thing's going to shake out. Because, dude, talk about – so wait a minute. Home field advantage couldn't have gone more wrong for the Eagles. I think you're going to get a Saturday game. That would be the ultimate slap in the face to you. So let me get this right. You couldn't close out the Giants, so you don't get that extra week that you were looking for on top of the bye. You were hoping for two weeks, resting your guys in the last game of the year. You had to play 60 minutes, so you get one week. Then you're not going to know who your opponent is until midnight Eastern on Monday night, and you're going to be on a Saturday game. And you're going to have three days to prepare because you got to travel Friday. Yeah. You only, you get three days to prepare for Brady. I don't think you'd be playing Brady, though, because they're a division winner. Division winners won't play. You'll play the wild card. Now, if Dallas beats Tampa, you might get the Cowboys. Because <laughs> you won't get Minnesota. If Minnesota wins, beats the Giants, you won't get the Vikings. 
You're going to play the Cowboys or the Bucks. You're going to play the Cowboys or the Giants. You're going to play the Cowboys or the Giants. Or, no, because you won't play Brady in that divisional round. Because you'll you'll get you'll because you got the number one seed, you'll play a wild card team. So you won't play Minnesota, you won't play Tampa if they win. And if all three win, San Francisco, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, you would play Brady. Because you'd play the lesser of the division winners. <laughs> and wait a minute. Okay, so there's a chance you could play Brady in the divisional round still. If San Fran wins, Minnesota wins, and the Bucs win, okay? Get this. San Fran's the second seed. Minnesota's the third seed. Tampa's the fourth seed. Okay? You would play the Bucs and Brady at Lincoln Financial. And if Dallas beats Tampa Bay, you'll play the you'll play the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> I don't know, on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Bring it. Bring it. You want Brady, right? And his 38 wins in the postseason. <laughs> I don't know. Brady's had a great year. Team sucks. Brady's had a great year, man. You, I think Tom Brady's going to – personally, I think Tom Brady, you put him in San Francisco. You imagine Tom Brady closing his career out in San Francisco with that team? They're going defeated. They're going defeated. You may actually – yeah, if San Fran wins, they're the two. Minnesota wins, they're the three. If the Bucks win, they're the four. You would play the – Bucks, Lincoln Financial, because the Bucks play. No, they. You'd play a Sunday if you played the Bucks, because the Buccaneers are playing Monday night. They're not going to shortchange them like that. They would play the Bucks on a Sunday, plus for TV. Hmm. Tones, Xander, all of you, thank you very much. You guys have been awesome. I really appreciate it. Hey, God bless you guys. What a week, huh? Football this week on everything that we're doing. I appreciate everybody. Hey, till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, we shall see you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.